We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on rotor grinders dean here at dean 7904 if you want to get all technical on me it is 10 10 on the east coast 7 10 on the west coast 9 10 tennessee time of course time with the flagship show today starting three hours i rounded up it's two hours and 50 minutes whatever cut me a break three hours of nfl content nfl week six dfs going down taking you guys all off the lock uh batting first let's get this one out of the way grant nefer coming to us live from uh from vegas he's currently eating a breakfast of champions and cookies i believe what's up grant yeah, breakfast cookies are delicious. I am out here in Vegas. You got the beautiful sunrise right next to me. Life is good, although Vegas sucks right now. The only thing to do is golf. Yeah, well, you know, fair enough. Uh, what's your cookie of choice out of curiosity? Uh, today, this is a chocolate chip cookie. My breakfast cookie of choice is a red velvet with cream cheese frosting. It's like a bagel, but more unhealthy. Yeah, that's contrarian. The chocolate chip is chalky for sure. Uh, subbing in for uh, for beer makers fan, beer makers fan, not with us this week. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. But uh, more than uh, more than up for the challenge. Uh, and I, I know you guys have previously on previously shows had so many shot bets. Who knows how how, uh, how it's going to go down today? But uh, Derek Cardi, you of course know him from the Blitz. Uh, Cardi, good morning. I'm happy to have you on the show. Thanks for filling in. Yeah, I got the the late night call that a sub was needed. So I think this should be fun. Yeah, uh, well, so we get, we're gonna we didn't discuss this beforehand. We're gonna team up on Grant today, right? I mean, the, the cash game guys. I mean, of course. Yeah, Grant, you're out. I mean, Grant's gonna have some wacky take. He's gonna give me terrible odds on it, and he's gonna wind up chugging a beer the next time we do a show. I don't know when that's gonna be, but I'm in Vegas. I'm probably just gonna do that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grant, the chat. What's up, YouTube? The chat's still talking to us, so feel free to like and subscribe. Do appreciate that. Get comfortable. We're here for the next two hours and fifty minutes. Not necessarily us. We're here for the first hour or so, give or take. Then we'll be relieved by uh, you got Blender coming uh, coming after us, along with uh, Tambo, uh, as well as Kevin Roth. Going to be closing us out twelve thirty with uh, with Crunch Time, Kevin Roth, and uh, who else do we have joining that the Kevin Roth show? Why do I not have that in front of me? Tuttle and Creighton. My bad. My apologies. Roth m- might be useful today as far as a weather perspective as well, because you have a couple weather games uh, that are lurking. I was just checking it out before the show. Uh, Miami. Uh, I'm sure you're, you were talking about this in the. Uh, the Discord, Cardi, as far as some of the weather games. And it might be so thin as far as a cash game perspective for quarterbacks. We'll talk about that in a second, obviously. Yeah. That might be enough to make up the difference between uh, who you're picking a cash game as far as your quarterback. But uh, we have a couple potential weather games. In Jacksonville, the winds are 
10 to 15 miles per hour, strong gusts potentially. You guys can check this out in the RG page, obviously. Uh, Devin, our fabulous multitasking producer, he's all over. He's going to drop the link for you guys in chat. Uh, in Miami, winds are, what, 15 to 20 miles per hour sustained with stronger gusts with a chance of showers and a chance of showers in Tampa as well. So typical uh, Florida weather, no surprise, both of the Florida games, all three of the Florida games are the only uh, weather games lurking out there. All right, week six, let's dive in, let's break it down. Uh, it's a weird week. Uh, there's a lot of good players just are not available. No Seattle, no New Orleans, no Vegas, no Chargers. Rams and Niners are Sunday night. You can play that in the Yahoo slate, but not on DK or FanDuel main slates. Kansas City and Buffalo unavailable. Arizona and Dallas. No uh, Dallas. We can't pick on Dallas. What do we do? Arizona and Dallas is like so clearly the best game of this week, like by a lot. I'm so upset it's not on the main slate. Two fastest teams in football. I'm so excited for it, too. And uh, yeah, They're each going to throw like 40 times. Like it's going to be insane. It's, Only yeah. 40? <laughs> well, well, Grant, they could call back the last week because I think you said that uh, they're going to have 100 passes in that Dallas Giant game last game. I don't know, the last week, but uh, well, it's I didn't a forward... foresee someone breaking their ankle. Uh, yeah, that was, well, he was replaced by another quarterback, but yeah, that, that was awful, obviously. Yes, That's yes, right. the same exact quarterback, I'm sure. Oh, but they're playing from behind and still throwing a football. Grant, let's focus on this week and this week only. Oh, before we dive in, let's kind of mention the RG single entry series that's going down here at Fandle. And uh, I'm checking it out right now in the lobby. I've definitely signed up. All right, so there is some still spots remaining. Uh, three different price points, $3, $33, and $100. I think the $100 basically sold out. Oh, there's like 70 spots. My UCF math, if that is correct, 70 spots available in the $100 single entry. Myself, I love single entry contests. I love single entry contests that have uh, flat payouts. That's what these are. Uh, I don't necessarily love the MME contests that have uh, that are top heavy. That's just not really for me. I, I tend to dabble less in those. So uh, these contests are great as is. But what they do is they will keep track of your scores throughout the season. I believe it starts this week. Well, it does start this week, and I think it goes to week 13. Your top four. At each level, the top two, uh, you know, you're the top two people that have the four best scores each week. So it does help the player every single week. You don't have to, obviously. Just hit the nuts four times in a row and you're good to go. It's kind of chill. You get yourself advancing to a $20,000 contest, and that's just added value. You know, I'm playing the contest anyway. I'm probably not going to be in the top six. doesn't matter. We'll give it a shot. We'll see how that goes down. But uh, check that out there in the FanDuel lobby. Hopefully, I can't promise, and, and I make no promises about the live scoring. Fingers crossed. They did tweet about that. They feel like it's going to be good. We shall see. Uh, all right. As far as this week, Grant, um, there's not a lot of good oh, – oh, I should say this. Let's hit this out of the way, too, as far as guys that are expected to play and guys that are potentially out. Oh, hooray, body out. parts. I'm excited for this. I'm not going to give the body parts. I'm just going to say who's in and who's out. And some people kind of may have missed this. Uh, Fournette is, is, pro- is expected to dress, but it seems really dicey as far as his actual usage. Uh, just kind of worth noting. Devontae Adams is back in our lives, as is Chris Godwin. Julio Jones expected to give it a go. Uh, Kyle Allen. <laughs> Philip Lindsay is going to be the running back because uh, we lost Melvin Gordon. AJ Green, Dusty AJ Green, 3.9K DK AJ Green is expected to play. Noah Fant is out. Of course, Dalvin Cook is out. Mo Alley Cox is not playing. Deontay Johnson is not going to play and get hurt again in the first quarter, thankfully. Um, all right, well, let's dive in. Let's talk about the people in chat. They, they're getting restless. They want us to talk about some plays. Cardi, um, like, hey, we talked about all the all the good quarterbacks are not available. A lot of the running ones aren't available either in this main slate. So I'm pulling up the RG ownership stuff, and Devin's going to go ahead and screen share a lot of stuff there. And just so you know, the next show is going to really dive into Atlantic HQ as well, too. So you want to stay tuned for that. But, uh, yeah, so, Cardi, I'm pulling up the quarterbacks, 
And the chalky quarterbacks this week are Fitzpatrick, Tannehill, uh, Stafford. You know, you can get some Watson, you get some Lamar as well too. Cam coming back is pretty interesting, but this is what we're looking at, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pass on Stafford, but I think Fitz and and Tannehill are are awesome options. I think if you want to spend up, getting up to Watson is totally fine, especially on FanDuel where pricing is a lot softer. But but Fitz and Tannehill, like they're they're underpriced for for how good they are and for what the touchdown equity is here. Like they're they're both really good quarterbacks. Like Fitzpatrick is a top ten quarterback in football. Tannehill might be also, and and so you know, quarterback is the least important position. Just take a cheap guy that's good and is severely underpriced. I want you to qualify that, by the way. You don't mean that necessarily from a fantasy perspective. You're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm talking the real year. life football. He is a top ten talent NFL quarterback. And Grant probably actually agrees with that. I was going to throw it. The well, Grant, I've but... been saying that literally all year. <laughs> I've been saying it for like three years. Like he's just good. I I mean I'm not asset obviously, but. Uh, yeah, it's a really – we don't care. It's fantasy, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, all right, so let, let's just have this conversation on DK specifically from a cash game perspective. It's kind of what I hinted at before, Cardi. Uh, who am I supposed to play as my cash game quarterback? Sam exact price, Tannehill versus Fitzpatrick. And, you know, there is a potential dicey weather in Miami. I don't freak out over weather, generally speaking. But I think it's super, super close that it could be a tiebreaker. And, and also we're, what, three hours out until kickoff. You know, I'm rounding up again. Weather can change. It could be great. It could be awful. Who knows? Stay tuned. Listen to Roth on Crunch Time. Uh, what What are you doing? Because right now, I'm, I'm of course, I'm a fence rider. I'm chopping it. <laughs> I, I think Daniel. that's the right move, honestly. Like, for most of the week, there was a point where they literally projected, like, one one-hundredth of a point difference in the blitz. It was, like, you know, 23.53 and 23.54, and, like, that was it. Um, and it's gone back and forth a little bit because of this weather. So I talked to Roth this morning. Um, he basically said it's like typical Florida rain conditions where like it could pour, it could be dry all game. He, he said the high resolution models basically make it look like it's going to start with rain and then be dry for the rest of the game. So like, I think you have to assume a little bit of a hit for Fitzpatrick, um, based on that. And based on, it looks like about 13 mile an hour winds last I looked. So like, that's not ideal. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not like, uh, like crazy bad where, you know, it's like 20 mile an hour winds where it's pouring. So like, it's going to impact his projection, but he's still playable because of it. Um, so it's, it's a super close call. I'm, I'm probably just going to split them, honestly. So Grant, your thoughts as far as Tannehill versus Fitzpatrick will branch out as far as our quarterbacks in a second. And, you know, uh, Tannehill's in a bigger, you know, higher total game. It's more likely to be close. I can't remember the last time the Dolphins have been fair by more than a touchdown, let alone like what nine, nine and a half or so, but that's the Jets in 2020. That's what a disaster it's going on over there. Uh, and I prefer, like, I don't know how much he's going to have to do. Uh, you know, I like Fitzpatrick chasing. I don't, I don't want him like comfortably ahead with the lead and own the only throwing the ball 25 times. Just, I want him chucking it 40 times. Volume matters, right? Of course he can throw three touchdowns in 25 passes because again, that Jets defense is horrific. Uh, your, your thoughts on, on, on those two, do you have a, you know, a decisive answer or are you chopping like us? I'm sure you're not chopping like us. No, it's Fitzmagic all the way. Like, you want Fitzmagic throwing the ball. Well, guess what? There's a whole lot of situations where Derrick Henry does the entirety of the offense. Yeah. So I'm taking Fitzpatrick over Tannehill 10 out of 10 times. I have no desire to play Tannehill. I might not play a single Tannehill share this weekend. All right. So branch out from these two. It sounded like Cardi just not waved off Stafford. And 
I wonder if it's the reason why, and I'll throw it back to Cardi for a second. I wonder if it's one of the reasons. So I'm a little bit concerned. This is one of the games that are popping. And again, this is like a weird week where there's so many bad teams. Uh, like it's popping for Jacksonville and Detroit. Two offenses that are kind of sort of, you know, they have their, their moments. But Jacksonville plays super, super slow. They play, they play at the slowest pace in the league. Detroit's, uh, you know, the, one of the worst run defense in the league. In my head, this is my big fear, Cardi, is that Jacksonville has like a 12-minute like 16 play drives that ends with a field goal on the five yard line. And I'm just like tilting my face off that I have three lions. Like can we get my guys on the field. Is this yeah, one I of mean, your concerns? It projects to be one of the slowest paced games on the slate. Like this is the game that the blitz is taking the biggest stand on negatively. Like it's just not on the game. It just doesn't think that the biggest totals are right. The last time that the lions scored more than 28 points on the road was like the middle of 2018. And, and it just doesn't make sense because like they're, they're an average offense, maybe above average if you want to split hairs. Um, they play their home games in a dome, so their numbers get inflated by that. They're on the road, and not just on the road. They're on the road with, like, 17-mile-an-hour winds. So it's, like, as opposite a dome condition as you can possibly get. It just seems like, uh, you know, it's a very slow-paced game. They want to run the ball. Um, and uh, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's all based on, on the Jacksonville defense being awful. But, like, is a defense truly going to be bad enough to turn an average offense into the second best team on the slate, which is what Vegas is saying? And I just don't think that – well, I mean, fine. But, like, it doesn't make sense to me, Uh, especially because they've been missing key players that are looking like they're going to be back today. Like, defenses just aren't that important, I don't think. Um, Especially – because they're not even that good of an offense. Like, I'll just just play Fitz or Tannehill. I'm not playing Stafford. All right, Grant, jump in. I do, so right now, my shell lineup does have Stafford on Fandle as far as cash just because I had the money for it and it felt pretty safe last night, but I'm kind of wavering going back and forth on that. Uh, Grant, it sounds like you're more bullish in this game. I mean, I am slightly, but I'm, I'm still like – I'm not, I'm just sold on the Stafford-Galladay connection. I'm sold on the bad Jacksonville defense. I'm not enthused about the ownership, but it, it – like – just because of the matchup, he can absolutely go out for a big game. Yeah, I get that he's not on the dome here, but really doesn't matter a ton. He's a good. He's still a decent quarterback. They want to run the ball a little bit, but chances are they're still going to pass a decent amount. He hasn't had less than 30 attempts passing this entire season. Hasn't put up a huge game. Still hasn't gotten over 300 yards, but this could absolutely be a spot where he ends up doing that. But I don't know. I'm, I'm going with a whole lot of lower-owned quarterbacks. I think – the majority of my quarterbacks are going to be four percent out. Uh, looking at the chat right now, for what it's worth, they're saying uh, Devin's saying boots in the ground. I don't, I didn't know Devin's in Jacksonville. Maybe he knows a guy, but saying boots in the ground there in Jacksonville wins are next to nothing there in Jacksonville. So, uh, for what yeah, it's worth, I mean, yeah, that would make me uh, like like them a little bit more um, because all the weather reports say it's like you know approaching twenty mile an hour winds by game time. Um, the thing that really scares me with this game is that like. I think it's a very real chance that Jacksonville's actually the one playing from ahead and then Stafford's forced to pass and then he could get there. Like that's, that's the, the scenario that actually scares me the most. Do the Lions just want to run like Peterson 16 times? <laughs> so that'll be the worst too. But they kind of do. Like how many times have we like <laughs> over the last year or two since Matt Patricia's the head coach, how often have we been like, Oh my God, these play calls are terrible. You're down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and you're running the ball on second and long. Like, like, that's what they do. Like, the play calling is terrible, and I just – I don't trust them. Yeah, and I, I, I have seen some people hinting for – it's the same – basically the same difference, but talking about the rookie Swift taking over, coming off the bye, 
which even then, like that's still not necessarily what I want. Unless I'm playing Swift at a you know ultra contrarian take as far as a tournament at running back. Uh, Grant, you alluded to some uh, cheap running cheap quarterbacks you're going to consider rolling out there. I know you alluded on, on the uh, the old Twitter machine. BDN is, is one of the guys that's on your on your radar, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, quite possibly my favorite quarterback on the week. I, I I get that he hasn't been great in the last two games against Atlanta. He put pretty big numbers in the second half of the game, but 42 pass attempts in each of the last two weeks. They're going to throw the ball a decent amount. Yes, it's going to be low A-down, but it's a nice correlation. He's 5.8K, he's 2% owned, and he finally gets a decent matchup here. I mean, going up against Indian Tampa Bay are two very, very tough uh, defenses. And now he gets Carolina, young defense, going to make some mistakes. They're middle of the pack in terms of DVOA against the pass so far this year and horrible against the run. I know they're going to run the ball a little bit, but they're probably going to have a whole lot of plays here. He's probably going to be very involved. And he's got talent, and I know – that there's multiple guys like Robinson's going to get what 10 plus targets every single week. Yeah. I really like Robinson today. I don't know if I can get there in some lineups, but I, I, just, I love him as just a, a play a la carte. If even if I'm not running out fulls, I, I love Robinson that. always like he's always undervalued. And like, I think the Chicago stack today is one of the best under the radar ones since, since oh, darn it, I was they, they have passed the ball so much. Like they were very run based the first three games with Trubisky or whatever. And the last two with Foles, they've been passing like, 20% more than average or some like crazy number. Does anybody have an interest in Nick Foles is better? Well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grant, are you considering, I know Robinson's the obvious play, but you know, we live in a little bit of salary cap. We're not talking receivers just yet, but I'm curious. Do you have anything built with Darnell Mooney? 3K oh, still yeah. minimum DK? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I have like 80% Mooney today. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is a big number. I do think he's pretty interesting, and I built the lineup or two with him earlier before the show, but uh, not 80%. Are you, are you double stacking? I assume you're double stacking then. Yeah, Robinson Mooney. Like Mooney is is a fantastic guy to pair with him. Nine targets two weeks ago, five targets last week. Like He's so cheap and so low-owned. I, I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, the Blitz like, loves him as a, as a value receiver this week. I don't like you agreeing with me this much, Cardi. Sorry. <laughs> we got plenty of time. Uh, we missed out on – it was showdown season with the Bears, and I was so bummed because I had all the Mooney – and, uh, like, you know, Foles, your boy, overthrew him by, like, 10 yards or, so, like, a 70-yard touchdown pass, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, he's on the field, basically, every single time. He's, it looks like he's superseded Miller. Uh, by the way, just to clear that up as far as whose boots were on the ground, apparently DB, who lives in Jacksonville, was still logged in, apparently, to the RG account. I think that's what was going on there. <laughs> so he stepped outside. And was in I was um, wondering. I'm like, Kevin's in Jacksonville? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure it out either. We talked to him earlier, and it didn't seem like he was in Jacksonville. Hey, how about this, Cardi? You know, this week we're without a lot of good quarterbacks. Uh, Dak's obviously injured. No Mahomes, no Allen, no Murray. A lot of those guys have wheels. I mean, why not just spend up on Lamar? There's less competition. And, I, yes, I know he didn't run a lot last week. Uh, for what it's worth, I, I saw a sports book had his total for running today at 49 yards, which is pretty encouraging. Is maybe that's just a, ter- yeah, maybe that's a terrible line. I don't know. But, like – no, that's about where the blitz has it. The blitz, I think, has him at 50. It's, like, right in line with Vegas because one week is not something that we should be overreacting to. And like, he's off the injury report. If, that, if that's something that scares you, he's not on there anymore. He practiced him full all week. Uh, I'm just going to spend up for Lamar, like, more than other people. And I think I can even get to him in cash on FanDuel if I can kind of make that work. Yeah, I had, like, okay. some 2v2s I was considering and maybe getting away from Stafford. We shall see. And, again, we made this chop, but I make more than one cash lineup. So, uh on DK, I'm probably not getting there just for, like, lineup construction reasons. Yahoo, I like him at $35. That's cheaper than he's been basically the entire season. And, 
you know, he has not been great throwing the ball downfield, but I love he's got natural guys to pair him with, Brown and Andrews. We'll talk about tight ends in a second, but, you know, tight ends are terrible, and Andrews is the one guy who theoretically can beat the rest of the field by, like, 10 points, and that wouldn't, like, shock any of us. So, Cardi, talk to me about Lamar. I'm probably not playing him in cash on DK, but I love him in tournaments there. Yeah, Lamar's the best quarterback on the slate the same way he always is. And I think because of his dud last week, which I unfortunately had a stake in and was not very happy about, uh, I think people are going to shy away from him this week. And and that doesn't make sense because he's the best quarterback in fantasy football. One week of no rushing where he rushed 10 times. His rushing yards were 10 times lower than his previous you know, game-low rushing yards. Like that's just not a thing that we should expect to continue. Like – He's not going to rush as much as he was last year, probably, but we should still expect about 50 yards per game. And, uh, you know, the, the Ravens are going to put up points and he's going to come in low owned. And on FanDuel, you have the money to pay for whoever you want. And uh, and he has obvious pairing partners. So, like, uh, I think Lamar's a great GPP quarterback and, and a borderline FanDuel cash line. Grant, your thoughts there. And, again, check, check out the DK Sportsbook. I saw that uh... – like nobody wants to roster these guys in the year 2020, but Rodgers has a prop of 302 and half yards. That's his total. That's his over-under today for Green Bay against Tampa. You presume they're going to be chucking the ball more so they're running it. They're probably not going to get a ton done. Uh, you know, that, that Tampa Bay uh, run defense is pretty solid. And Brady at 295 and a half expected to get his full allotment of receivers back. Uh, do we have any interest in the old quarterbacks there, Grant? Yeah, man, both Rodgers and Big Ben, I think, are two great GPP plays. Uh, Rodgers – has been crushing all season long. He's not cheap, but you know you can pair him with Adams and you have a huge correlation. He's put up big games multiple times this season. Tampa Bay's got a good defense, but that doesn't really matter with Rodgers here. Uh, I think that he's a fantastic play. And Big Ben, like going up against Cleveland, guy that hasn't put up a big game so far this year, but Cleveland gives a whole bunch of the outside. They correlate him great with both Juju and with Claypool. Like, yeah. Two older quarterbacks that I think I really like today. Um, and then we didn't really talk about Minshew much already. What are we going to say about Minshew? We're playing Minshew? Um, are yeah. we playing Minshew? You, you mean the guy that is throwing 40 times a game? <laughs> the guy who is going up against one of the worst defenses? The guy yeah. with a 26 team total? Yeah, we're playing Minshew. All right. I mean, whatever. You like to have your quarterbacks have legs. He can run. I want to go off on a slight tangent real quick because Grant just said the Bucks defense is, is great. And, and I agree, actually. Like, I think, uh, like, I think this game, like I love Rogers, I love Brady stacks. Um, but it's funny how quickly perceptions of defenses change because last year the Bucks were the defense that everyone wanted to attack. They were like clearly con- like considered like the worst defense in football. And now we're five weeks into 2020 and, and the Bucks defense is great now. Like, Defense is so variable. Like when defense is the main factor in why you're making a play, you should maybe consider thinking about the other parts of the matchup because defense is just weird like that. So just a a general macro thought that I want to throw out there. Yeah. Sometimes we don't know going into the season. And sometimes like even after five weeks and I'll just throw this, I'm curious, Cardi, because like how good are the Colts defense? They've been great, but like they haven't played anybody. So how do we know how good they are? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's the case I would make for Jacksonville, honestly. Like, everyone on the Lions, like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Lions do great. Um, but I think I mean, the defense is the only good part of the matchup. And so you really are banking on this defense being atrocious, like atrocious, atrocious for the Lions to put up a score like Vegas has them at. Um, and so, like, that's it's just something to consider, I think. 
All right, can't talk about every quarterback. Watson, if he kind of mentioned him in passing, he's certainly in play too. But uh, I think I saw it was Dan and several people in the chat were talking about Cam Newton back from the COVID, and he was asymptomatic, my understanding. So I, I assume he's feeling 100% and feeling perfectly fine. And especially on DK, you know, if you want to pair him, Edelman seems like it has a really appealing price at 5.6, uh, 5.6K bird at 3.5K uh, is super interesting. My question would be, like, what's the run back on Denver? I suppose Lindsey's kind of sort of someone interesting just from a volume perspective, although he's not a guy who historically has ever been a bell cow. I was reading a tweet the other day. I can't recall who sent it out, but, like, he's never had, what, 65% of snaps ever. And, of course, these situations change. There's no Gordon out there, and I'm not always I mean, sure how the situation ain't different than last year? Yeah, so, like, it's very possible that Freeman's on the field for 30% of that game and maybe mopping it up and – I don't even know how Denver keeps up. I know it's football and those guys get paid and they're professionals too, but I, I really don't see that Denver offense being very functional, especially without, you know, their top receiver, their top tight ends, uh, their number two receiver. No, well, not, like Judy's out there. Maybe Judy can do some things, I suppose. But how do you handle that situation, Grant? Because Newton and Edelman and Bird are fine. I can also see Harris just running the ball 20 times. I, I can see it happening as well too. Like, why not? What, what are you doing with this game? I mean – mostly just using cam not really pairing him with anyone we've seen him get two rushing touchdowns twice this season already so i mean you're basically banking on his rushing upside less than his passing upside i mean two of the games this season he's had less than 200 passing yards they're probably going to run the ball a decent amount so really you're just kind of banking on him doing something in the rushing game and that's pretty much it so unless they're going to throw the ball 50 times which like I don't think that's even remotely likely in the game like this. Like you want to target him with pass catchers when they're going up in a high pace game where they're going to have to be throwing a ball a decent amount, but that's probably not happening here. So it's Newton just naked. And that's, that's pretty much it from this entire game. I mean, I'm fine with Lindsay, but there's, there's really not a ton to love here. All right, Carter, we got to move on, but your thoughts as far as cam and your thoughts as far as the Minnesota and, and Atlanta potential shootout and, you know, Cousins is a guy, like, I'm always concerned. Like, if they're ahead, especially, he's going to throw the ball 20 times. Um, you know, they just want to run it. That's just kind of their philosophy. And Matt Ryan getting back Julio Jones, you know, should be – he had a big total as well, too, for what it's worth from a Vegas perspective. Like, it's like 290 or so. Uh, no legs at all, but not a lot of these quarterbacks have legs today. Uh, what do you do with those quarterbacks? It's in a dome. Dome got to do something for you. Oh, I love the dome. I love that game in general. Um, I do think it'll be popular, especially the Vikings side, but I do love that game a lot. Um, yeah, it's like probably my, my favorite, like price considered game on the slate. Once you consider ownership, there's probably other ones. Um, but, uh, I do really like that game. All right. So open up the running backs for us, Cardi, especially from a cash game perspective. I think, uh, it's pretty chalky and it's pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like six running backs, honestly, that you can consider in cash. Um, I think there's probably three or four that will wind up being like the most chalky. Um, Alexander Madison is, is like the top guy on the board in a raw sense, you know, Dalvin cook is out. Madison is a guy that we know they like, and he'll probably take on a slightly bigger role than cook had because Madison himself was eating into cook because they like Madison. But like, I don't think Boone is going to get the full Madison role. So Madison is basically like cook plus at 7,300 or whatever he costs. So, so I like Madison quite a bit. He'll get a lot of work on the ground, a good amount of work through the air. Mike Davis is basically like Christian McCaffrey light for 7K. Like he's been so involved in the past game, uh, especially with Bonifon out. Trent Cannon only got like 8% of the, uh, the non-quarterback carries last week. So like it should be mostly, 
you know, Davis on the ground with some Curtis Samuel mixed in or something like that. Uh, so at 7K with his pass game involvement, he's, he seems awesome. There are going to be some people that I think try to pivot on to Derrick Henry in this range, and I think that's a mistake because you need Henry to score at least one touchdown, if not two, and get the bonus. Like he's just not involved in the pass game, and so you're you're really banking on on him doing those things. And I think that's just dumb when you have uh, you know guys like Madison and Davis who are so much more involved in the pass game. Uh, and then David Montgomery, I think, is going to be a very popular choice as well because with Cohen out, he's been super involved in the pass game, has been getting basically all of the running back carries. Ryan Null, I don't think, has gotten a single carry the last two weeks. So, uh, like, I think those are your four, like, chalkiest guys. And then I do think there's some cheaper guys that are viable options as well. Yeah, I know we have our ownership projections. Uh, I think it's on screen right now. If not, Devin's going to go ahead and show it off. This is DK specific. But, yeah, you hit on the four guys. Uh, Madison up top, then Davis, then Montgomery, then Henry. Then there's a gap down the Gaskin, Taylor, Lindsey, Robinson. We'll talk about those guys in the chat. Eric Johnson's talking about playing Boone. I think that's too ambitious. I, I yeah, that's anything- super ambitious. His logic is like, well, what if Madison gets hurt? Then who's going to play? Like, yeah, Boone is going to play. But what if Montgomery gets hurt? Play Why Benny Snow. What if that? James like, Conner gets hurt? Yeah, like like you can make the case for any running back like that. Like it's – it's too off the board. There's no need to do that on a slate where we have legitimately like eight really strong running back values. It's just too weird. It's too unnecessary. It's too, too negative EV. I don't recommend doing that, but if you are going to do that, play that in a super top heavy tournament, maybe like a millionaire maker contest. Don't play that. And obviously something that's a flat payout. Don't play that in something that's like only 500 or a thousand people. If it does work out, you want to actually get paid off on that. But again, I wouldn't do that. Uh, by the way, I, I set a poll last night, Grant, with those four running backs, Davis, Madison, Montgomery, and Henry, and I said, which one is least likely to be on your DK lineup? Who do you think the winner was? I hope uh, it's not Henry because that's the, the right answer, and I, I hope people play him more than they should. <laughs> well, these are my Twitter followers, so don't judge them too much, but uh, 35.9% said David Montgomery is the one that's most likely to not be in their roster. I so mean, people are going to roster three 7K running backs? How are they going to do that? <laughs> We love the world of the cap. <laughs> well, Boone was not in the poll, for what it's worth. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get the tight end, and then they're playing Herb Smith or uh, the dude for Indianapolis at 3.1K. Uh, the tight end is so brutal this week. Uh, what are you doing with that, uh, Grant? Are you being goofy? Are you being chalky? As far- I mean, you're already being ambitious as far as your quarterback. That's one way of being different. Uh, I don't know if I'd roll out Montgomery necessarily with Foles unless you're only going one receiver. I suppose you can do that because Montgomery probably catches like five or six or seven passes. Uh, sort through Davis, Madison, Montgomery, Henry. Which one are you most likely to fade? Uh, probably Henry, but like honestly, I'm I'm not like looking at my lineups. Mike Davis is the one that I have in all of them. I don't think on DK right now that I will end up on Madison at all or Henry at all. Oh. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's just just kind of the way that things play out, what I want to do, and how I want to build things, and. Like, yeah, Madison can get there. I My plan is to have one Vikings player in every single lineup because someone's going to get there because it's going I to love that Atlanta. plan. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that, that's the easiest way to do it. But, I mean, it's all side-dependent. DraftKings, I'm probably fading Madison. He needs touchdowns in order to get there, like Dalvin Cook. If he doesn't end up getting touchdowns, he doesn't end up getting there most of the time. So there's always a chance that he doesn't end up doing that. Last week, Atlanta – I think they only gave up, what, 23 points to the Panthers. Something's going to happen here. But there's a whole bunch of different ways where he can fail. Henry, we know there's a bunch of ways that he can fail. 
Mike Davis and Montgomery are the two guys that I don't really see failing in any given situation because Mike Davis is going to be so heavily involved in the receiving game. And he's just like the volume's going to be there. And David Montgomery, now he's involved in the receiving game. He's way cheaper. So those are two guys up at the top in terms of uh, ownership that I'm going to be end up playing the most. There are yeah, a lot Davis of people is- in this chat room saying like, what a good play Derrick Henry is because he can score two touchdowns. It's like, guys, sure. He can, it's not the most likely thing. Like he was chalked literally like two or three weeks ago. Like everyone had him. He scored eight points because he didn't get the bonus. He didn't get yeah. a touchdown. Like that is the downside of Derrick Henry. Yeah, he can get two touchdowns, but if he doesn't, the pass game involvement is not there. And it, like it, that's it. I don't know. Yeah, you well, know who else can get two touchdowns? What's that? What's you know who else can get two touchdowns? Is Madison, Mike Davis, or Montgomery? Yeah. Or, or Gaskins, or or Robinson, or Aaron Jones, or Kareem Hunt, or David Johnson, or Miles Sanders, or Antonio Gibson, or Todd Gurley, or Joe Mixon. They can all get two touchdowns. Yeah, playing touchdown-dependent guys who don't get involved in the pass game is just not good when you have guys with similar touchdown expectations who are involved in the pass game. Uh, Cardi, tell me this. Gaskin, I want to know that Howard's not going to play. That's a later da- game today, but hopefully he's inactive. I don't know if he w- – he might siphon those one-yard touchdowns in the goal line, which is not, you know, optimal, obviously. And what's the deal with Wilkins as far as uh, Indianapolis? Uh, he might eat into Taylor just a little bit. So we think Wilkins is going to play. Any, any reads on that? I don't have a read. Um, it sounds like Wilkins could go either way. I would guess we see no Howard, but, again, it could go either way. I really like Miles Gaskin, though. Even if Howard plays, I still probably like Gaskin quite a bit. If this was a slate without so much to like at running back, Gaskin would be a lock in my cash lineup. It's just that, like, he's kind of the odd man out with with all the other good plays. Yeah, we can also say if this is a slate where there wasn't a lot of good running backs, we would have been excited about Philip Lindsay uh, becoming a thing yesterday. And I'd be excited about Devontae Freeman. I'd be excited about a lot of guys this week. Yeah, like I've made lineups of those guys, and it's just because like they just sort of make everything else work. But I'm not enthused about it. Uh, are you are you in the scrap heap here as far as running backs, Grant? You have any thoughts as far as you know four point three k on DK? I think Lindsay's like five one. I want to Fando. I want to say. Uh, by the way, oh Madison is fourteen dollars on Yahoo. I can't imagine a world where I don't play one hundred percent Madison on Yahoo. I I don't know what Jimino hasn't projected that, but it's probably not high enough. It's a completely egregious price. If you guys don't play on Yahoo, that's four dollars above the floor. It's insane. And it's just a ridiculous price. And of course, it's football. It's contact sport, and anything can happen. And goofy things can happen. You know, you can get hurt in the first quarter. I suppose he could like you know put up like ninety rushing yards and not a touchdown and catch a couple passes and put up like an eleven and like you could beat that fairly easily. But it's just such a strong play. Uh, Grant, uh, t- talk to me about these guys we're throwing out there as far as Lindsey, uh, Ronald Jones is interesting, especially if Fournette like is a no go or just kind of he dresses and he doesn't play. Which they're I think, saying he's you know, going to be limited today if he plays. Yeah, and Jones is probably going to be ignored in that game that has a massive total, and he can catch the ball as well, too, not necessarily mm-hmm. just run it. Uh, Jones on the other side, like, nobody's going to play Aaron Jones. Like, for real, I think he's going to be less than, like, 8 or 9%. And, you know, that's – Nobody's playing that game. Like, that, that game has the highest total on the slate, and nobody's playing it, even though Adams. Like, the scoring potential is huge and, and the concentration of volume is, like, so condensed for both teams. Like, I think that's just a great game to play in general. Grant, give me your thoughts as far as Gaskin, Taylor, James Robinson. We kind of like just kind of stepped over, but he's certainly worth talking about. He basically has that entire backfield there uh, in Jacksonville to his own, and Detroit's a pretty a terrible run defense. Uh, who's who's popping for you in the mid-tier? Uh, so, yeah, Robinson's one of my favorite plays. Like, I have a ton of exposure to him. 
He can get involved in the passing game. It's a high total game. Detroit's defense is not good. He can get 20 rushing attempts. Like he's a little bit game script dependent, but I really like Minshew and I really think that they're going to be ahead. So Robinson is a guy that I'm going to be way overweight on. Next guy in the mid tier that I really like is David Johnson. Tennessee's defense has been all right, but really hasn't been great this season. They currently rank ninth in DVOA against the run. David Johnson's not going to be heavily owned. He's getting 20 touches a game and he's priced at 5.4 K. We still haven't seen a big game from him. So he's the guy that I'm looking into. And then Antonio Gibson, like he's 5.5 K. He's going to be heavily involved in both the passing and the rushing game. Am I there? Am I still here? You're good. Okay. Yeah. And so Gibson at 5.5 K he's a lot cheaper. He has multi-touchdown upside gets a matchup versus the giants who, the Giants' defense has been all right, but not great, and their offense has been atrocious. Like, Washington's defense has been good. So I don't see any reason why this couldn't be a game where Gibson ends up with 20-plus touches for the first time this year because he's gone up against Baltimore. Tough defense. Rams, tough defense. Cleveland, eh. Arizona, eh. Philly, like, that was the first week. So he's getting more and more involved based on game script as things have gone on. And now he gets probably one of the better matchups he's had all season long. Like Gibson is a fantastic play. He's coming in at 5% ownership. So Gibson, Freeman, or Gibson, Johnson, and Robinson are three of my favorite running back plays. And they're kind of the reasons why I don't have to go with Madison. I don't have to go with Henry. Uh, By the way, just pulled up our Yahoo percent ownership uh, projection. As far as flex plays, anybody that's not a quarterback, we have Madison projected at 59.2%, and the next guy is 29.4%. Like He's going to be basically double the percentage owned versus the second highest percentage owned guy on Yahoo. And, of course, there are uh, reasons to not play him in tournaments, and I don't understand that, but it's just a tough, tough fade. And, of course, in cash, you're locking and loading there. Uh, Cardi, thoughts on the guys that Grant threw out there? Anybody you want to add? And I don't, I'm not really sure if he gave enough on Lindsay. They keep asking about Lindsay in chat. I feel like we've covered him to some degree, but clean up Lindsay. The one thing we didn't mention on Lindsay um, is that there there was a, a quote yesterday. Someone pointed it out in the Blitz chat that um, basically because Lindsay hasn't played in a couple weeks, there there's talk that they could like ease him back in. And so when you look at what they did last year, it was basically like a 65-35 split between him and Royce Freeman. And and if they ease him back in, like he's not a cash guy. I think you could take a shot in the GPP, but it is kind of a tough spot. They're playing with the you know, a bad game script for running backs. He's cheap. That, that's the thing to like about Lindsay. He's cheap, but he's definitely not safe. Like he could, like there's a scenario where he gets out carried by Freeman. Like that is a possibility here. Um, and there's a possibility he gets 80% of the carries and six targets and he smashes. But like, I don't think he's uh, safe enough for cash games by any means. Uh, and GPPs, you know, he's okay. Did, uh, did Grant mention Joe Mixon? He ran, he like went through a couple names with Mixon, one of them. I don't think so, but Mixon. No, is I was a guy talking about guys who could score two touchdowns. Mixon could get thirty touches today. Like that's something he can do. Mixon, Mixon has the highest carry share of any running back in football. Like he's getting like ninety three percent of the carries this year, and in the last two weeks, he's gotten like seventeen and twenty nine percent of the targets, or something like that. Like he's finally, they're finally saying, "Oh yeah, we should probably get Mixon involved in the pass game." Uh, and no one's going to play him. He's like projected at like three or four percent ownership. You know, he's not a, a guy in my cash mix here, but with that kind of raw value uh, volume at no ownership, I think he's a phenomenal GPP player. 
Yeah, I just pulled it up here on the fly. Of course, these numbers get closer and closer. By the way, if you want to look at the ownership stuff yourself, if you guys are not RG Premium members, uh, check out the link in chat. You get $5 off, five, five smackers off your first month here at RG. Uh, you click the link. You get the uh, the, uh, the core four, uh, football, baseball, basketball, and golf. Uh, first month, $5 off. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, yeah, Mixon right now, 4.5% owned. Miles Sanders, 6.2. Like, I think he's a better play than Miles Sanders. David Johnson, 6.5. Freeman at 6.8. Uh, Jones at 7.4 is pretty interesting. If you want to bring Did you say that Devontae Freeman is 6.8? Yeah. Oh, I like him even more than Mixon at that ownership. Like, he's he's one of the best value plays on this slate. It's just there's so much running backs to like. Like, he's gotten a lot of the work. His carry share has gone up every single week since he joined the Giants. He's involved in the pass game. And this is one of the few games all year that the Giants are actually a favorite. Like, it could be a potentially favorable game script for him. And he's, like, free. I played it with the Giants defense. I kind of like the Giants defense today. Are you with me? Uh, yeah, on FanDuel, the, the price on the Giants defense is great. So I'm, I'm on board. The Giants are thinking of my, my cash game defense right now on FanDuel. And I've worked him in. I've overspent a little bit on DK because the Dolphins are like 2-9. And that's what makes sense for me in cash. Or Minnesota, if you're really pinching pennies, is 2.3K. They say we don't talk defenses in this show. There you go. There's our defensive talk. <laughs> uh, Grant, you got anything else as far as running backs? We talked about a whole, a whole slew of them. We mentioned Swift possibly taking over for Peterson. And I saw people in the chat talking about Swift. But. It's really thin, but in theory, you'd think they want to give, you know, at some point they want to work Swift in, and Peterson is not the, the running back of their future. Uh, you know, I guess he's interesting as a dart throw. You got anything else as far as our running backs, or shall we talk about receivers? Uh, Kareem Hunt, tough matchup, but volume will be there. He's in play for GPPs, but let's move on to wide receiver. Yeah, he's an interesting run back in the uh, Pittsburgh sacks. And Pittsburgh, that's a kind of a good segue because – Man, I was really hoping I wasn't going to play, you know, Chase, what, Claypool. It's right there in the name, Cardi. It's right there. There's a big old warning that says we shouldn't play him this week after four touchdowns, five, you count the one that was called back uh, last week. And I didn't want to play him because, I, you know, I think he's a talent, but there's so many options there, especially I thought that Johnson was going to be back. And I was like, okay, well, it's a little fit of a play and people are going to chase it, yada, yada. But Johnson's out. And, you know, he's still pretty cheap, and now the opportunity's there, and we think he's skillful, we think he's good. You know, hashtag watch the tape. What are we doing with him? And I guess, you know, obviously A.J. Brown on DK, they just kind of goofed up that price, and that makes too much sense. you got to play him in cash games. Yeah, A.J. Brown's a lock. Claypool, I think, is an okay cash play. I think he's a bad GPP play at his ownership because the, the variability in his projection is wide. Like, before last week, he was the wide receiver four for them. Like, he was running behind James Washington. And now he has one amazing week, and everyone's like, got to play Claypool. Like, I know Deontay is out. I know he's probably, like, the wide receiver two there, maybe wide receiver one. But, like, after one week, are we really confident to say that this guy has jumped from wide receiver four to wide receiver one by enough to justify fading some of the other guys in this price range? Like, I think he's a fine enough play. I mean, all right, sure. But, like, in cash games, you can't say that with enough certainty to make him a good play. You just can't. Like, are there, there are a bunch of areas where he does not, like, do what he did last week or anything close to it. Grant, fire it up. Uh, our bet this week is Claypool will outscore Brown by 10 points. <laughs> All right, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, A.J. Brown's a fine play this week, but at ownership, he's a horrible play. Like, why are we like higher owned? He's a worse play because Brown is actually a good play to begin with. 
Yeah, but there's volatility in it. Like in cash, yeah, I play AJ Brown. In tournaments, completely fade AJ Brown. There's no point in it. Wait, I literally just made the volatility argument with Claypool. Now you're saying there's more volatility in AJ Brown. You think that there's going to be volatility with Claypool, but look at it. Number one, and Corey Davis is out. Like AJ Brown is the clear number one. Claypool. Yeah, clear Claypool number one for a team that's probably going to pass the ball what 25 times in this spot. AJ Brown had multiple games with under four targets last season. He hasn't been playing most of this season. AJ Brown, yes, he can put up a big output, and he's a very talented wide receiver. But there's no guarantee in the volume for him. Chase Claypool, yes, he was wide receiver four earlier, but he was heavily involved. He got 11 targets last week. He's stepping into the Johnson role, which is a role that's going to get a massive amount of volume. Juju's kind of the short to intermediate guy. He has huge touchdown equity. But Claypool's probably going to get 14 targets in this spot here. This is how this Pittsburgh oh, offense that, that works. That is insane. You can't project <laughs> any receiver. You can't project Devontae Adams for 14 targets. How are you going to I can, I can. I can project him, and I can project – Alan Robinson for 14 targets. No, that is too high, Grant. That is way too high. The math does not check out. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what the math says. Play, Playpool is going to be targeted heavily in this spot. Here. Former accountant Grant Niefer is telling us that uh, 14 targets are coming the way of a uh, of, uh, Claypool. The other thing that I, I kind of have a slight issue with is that a lot of people are saying, like, Claypool is going to take on the Deontay Johnson role. Do you know how many games Deontay Johnson has played this year? He's played two games. He, he had like a hundred percent target share, but it was two freaking games. Like, were we really confident Deontay Johnson was going to be a thirty percent target share guy because of two games? And now we're so confident in that original prior that we're going to throw Claypool and say he's going to do the same thing. Like, it just—it's just thin. It's guys. almost it's as thin. if we had much, like like it could it could happen, but there are a lot of scenarios where that's not what happened. Uh, I'm looking yeah, at the ownership, but, by the way. Uh, Juju has got 2.2% ownership. That's and Clay, too low. It's going to be higher than that. And Claypool's got 22.3%. Even if it's like four or five, it's just I'm still making the same point. Uh, it, it's just sort of a, it's just sort of worth looking at. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Thielen obviously is a strong play. This is what I want to talk to you about, Cardi, because uh, I'm not somebody that freaks out over quarterback wide receiver matchups. I am concerned with the quarterback being completely inept there in Washington. Uh, you know where I'm getting with this, Gary Terry yeah. against Bradbury. And I think he was popping to some degree, at least earlier, you know, earlier in the week. I don't know if it's changed since, you know, as of last night. Uh, is McLaurin popping right now in the blitz? Because I don't know what to do with him. He's scaring me. Not, not he's the, scared, yeah, he's out. scaring me too. Uh, the blitz really likes him. I'm probably going to play him, but he is the guy that scares me the most in my lineup. He's really talented. Like he's probably a top five wide receiver in football. He's that good. And people don't realize it because he plays with a bad quarterback. And this wide receiver quarterback matchup is going to scare people. But, like, he's so talented. The team is awful. They have no one else to throw to. Like, he is a true alpha. He's a 25% plus target share guy. And he's really, really good. And he's really underpriced for his talent and his volume. And so as scary as having Allen throw to him is, as scary as Bradbury is, uh, I think I'm just going to trust the talent, the volume, and the price and and hope for the best. Grant McLaurin? Uh, I really like him today. Like, I, I don't care. I'm using him. The price is way too cheap. Like, great pivot off of A.J. Brown, even though McLaurin's going to get a decent amount of ownership. But, I, I, yeah, I really like McLaurin today. I think I have 60% in him right now. Yeah, we're looking at $500 more for Galladay. Looks like a really solid play there against Jacksonville. Parker against the Jets. Assuming they're still throwing the ball, like I don't know who's going to slow him down. Fuller, uh, I love him as a bring back in that Tennessee game where I definitely have more sides on Tennessee than Houston. Uh, I like, you know, Fuller's, you know, really, really solid outside of that one outlier game where we got actually a goose egged. 
Uh, Jefferson as a pivot off of Thielen for sure is interesting to me. I don't know what to do with Atlanta. I mean, Julio, nobody's going to play Julio. I don't know who's got the sack to play Julio. Do you have the sack there, Grant, or no? What? Grant has the sack. Grant's do you have the sack to play Julio today? Uh, I do. Will I? Probably not. I definitely <laughs> have the sack, but there's just other things I like more. <laughs> well, the metaphorically, you don't, but I hear what you're saying. Um, Marvin Jones could be an interesting pivot away from Galladay. I don't hate him. Crowder has been really good this year. Like he's been lost on the Jets team, and but he's been really reliable. And as a bring back, if they think the game's going to stay tight to some degree, if you're playing, you know, Fitzpatrick and you're pairing him with uh, Gasecki or something like that, I don't mind Crowder coming back the other way. All right, can we project Crowder for 14 targets? Uh, no, we cannot. You can't project <laughs> anybody for 14. Somebody's going to get 14 targets, but you cannot project one individual person to get those 14 targets. I mean, you can project Adams. The highest projected target on the slate right now, the Blitz has two guys projected for over 10 targets. Devontae Adams is the highest at 11.7. You're not projecting anybody for 14 targets. I can do what I want. I'm an eight <laughs> well, You can do that, but you, you would be incorrect. <laughs> I mean, it might happen, but you can't assume that's going to happen. Hey, let's talk about Adams because I don't care what his matchup is. Like, Rodgers loves him, and he's the guy you trust, and he very well might get 15 targets. It wouldn't surprise me. It's not that much more for Adams off of Thielen, Cardi. Ugh. And the Thielen one kind of scares me. I know it's an amazing matchup, but I'm just afraid that they're just going to, you know, take the air out of the ball in the second half if Atlanta keep, can't keep up. Of course, you know, who knows what the game script's going to go down there. They might be down two touchdowns, and all of a sudden Thielen's an amazing play. A really solid play in cash, but what are your thoughts as far as Adams, Cardi? I really want to get Adams. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I'm just going to play Thielen, I think, because the spot is so good. He's in the dome. His target share has been massive this year. Uh, the opposing defense is, is atrocious. I'm going to play Thielen. I've looked at ways to get both of them. On FanDuel, yeah. it's very easy. On DraftKings, it's not. Um, I, I feel bad about not having Devontae, but I can't find a good way to make it happen. I'm trying to make it work there too. And uh, well, yeah, he's one way to make Irv Smith is one way to make it work. I don't know how many guys you want on Minnesota, the Minnesota offense in a cash game. Uh, we'll talk about tight ends in a second, obviously. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're chasing Fulgham. I love Marquise Brown. Love him. Love him on Yahoo. Love him on FanDuel. Even playable on DK as well too. But uh, I, I'm, I'm big on Baltimore today. I, I just – uh, I, I know Lamar hasn't been what he's what his last year, and he was some regression coming. But I think that the ceiling game that nobody challenges the ceiling game. We can kind of get there, and uh, when he throws deep to Brown, I know he's been inefficient this year as well too. Also, Brown has fallen down at the one yard line twice this year. If he's gotten those touchdowns, he'd be probably more expensive. People be more enthused to play him. Uh, love, love, love Brown today. A good bit. Uh, any other receivers that are worth talking about? Is Smith in play for the Jets or Perriman's back? So we can't throw. We got to throw him away. How's that working there, Curdy? I think with Perriman back, he's he's kind of thin. Like, I'd rather play Darnell Mooney at the same price. I'd rather go up to Adam Humphreys. Like, everyone – like, this Titans Hump game's going What's that? Hump dog. Hump yeah. dog. <laughs> like, this game's going to be so popular. Tannehill, Brown, Johnny, they're going to get ownership. And Humphreys is going to be, like, 2% owned, even though he's 4K and the number two receiver on this team. And, yeah, he's, like, a boring slot guy or whatever, but – the value on him is great, and the leverage on him is great. So I really love Humphreys. I love Mooney. Um, I love the Bear stack in general. Like if you do, if you do Foles, A. Rob, Mooney, and run it back with Mike Davis or Robbie Anderson, like that's going to be a low owned stack with lots of potential, lots of value. Um, I just I think that's great. 
And, uh, and Chris Godwin is like a great value this week. And we said earlier, like no one's going to play this game, but we know where the volume's going. The team totals are super high. And I think people just aren't going to play it because of the prices, but there's so much value on this slate. You can do it. You can stack Green Bay or Tampa Bay, play Devontae Freeman and Miles Gaskin as your two running backs or something like that and, uh, and make it work. Like it's, I think, I think Godwin's awesome. And I think that that game in general is great. You prefer Godwin over Evans? I do. I always prefer Godwin over Evans. Like he's the better wide receiver. Uh, Grant, you got anything else as far as receivers? Um, Chenault, good play. Even if Shark ends up playing, uh, Robbie Anderson, good play. Again, Mooney and Robinson are two of my top owned wide receivers. Uh, just and- a heads up. I don't mean to cut you off of the chat. Multiple people in the chat are saying the Patriots game is off. Uh, um, apparently, the Broncos Pats game has been postponed. Uh, several people are saying it. I don't have Twitter pulled up right this second. I don't but, see uh, anything yet, but I mean, maybe. I know Schefter tweeted out earlier today. They said like there was no more. Everybody, everybody passed. Yeah, he said everyone's good to go. Uh, unless, unless it, we're just getting trolled here. I'm not really sure. Okay, I think it's DK accidentally put him on as uh, as postponed. But it's not postponed. Is that what you're saying? I don't think it is. Okay. Well, hopefully. Hopefully they will get on that and fix it. Uh, yeah, so DK designations are not actually always accurate, Devin saying. So maybe they just kind of goofed and, I don't know, jumped the gun on that. But what I saw earlier today is Schefter tweeted out that everybody passed. He talked about the entire league, that there was no new COVID issues and, like, basically play ball, everybody's going to be good to go. So uh, so I don't know what's going on with DK. Hopefully they will fix it. They, they're just, you know, uh, raise my beer, or here's my beer, or whatever. It's a fandom. I don't know what's going on. Every single week it's got to be something, I suppose. Uh, hopefully that will be a non-issue going forward. Let's talk about tight ends. Tight ends, super exciting this week, obviously, if you can catch the sarcasm of my voice. Do you want to mention before we talk about tight ends, the RG badge promo. We're going to go ahead and check out that link there in chat that Devin's going to drop to the people. You rock the Roto-Grinders badge. You finish in the top 10 of designated contests. You get yourself one month free of RG premium. Added value, you get a shout-out You get a shout out in the show. You get a shout-out just for doing it. A couple people signed up for it. They're rocking the RG badge, potentially getting – one month free of RG Premium. That's B Sandark. B, B Sandark. I never really know how to pronounce these because they're always just a bunch of letters. I think this is B Legend 24-7. I kind of deciphered that one. All right. Uh, tight ends. Cardi, it's gross. What are we doing? Yeah, like if you can get up to Johnny Smith, uh, especially with Corey Davis out, like he should get a good amount of volume here. He's reasonably enough price. So, so I like Johnny. Um, but I think going down at tight end is probably the smarter thing to do in cash games. Uh, Trey Barton is the guy that, that's popping in, in quite a few blitz lineups now that Mo Alley Cox is out. Him and Doyle, I think, are actually both good values. But Barton's been the guy getting a lot more of the targets, you know, the last couple of games since he was back. So I think at 3 1, you know, in the dome, I think he's fine. I think you can go down to a guy like Irv Smith, Anthony Ferkser for the Titans. They're both 2.5K. I think they're both fine. And I think you can go up to Austin Hooper. It looks like Odell and Landry are going to play. If one of those guys was out, I probably would have pivoted onto Hooper. Uh, He's been getting a lot of volume, like, in a sneaky way. Like, people don't realize, like, week one, he wasn't really very involved. And since then, it's just been creeping up and creeping up. And no matter how you slice it, he's been getting, like, 20% of the targets or more. And uh, and he's 3.9K. So so I love Hooper as an off-the-board play. I don't think enough people are going to be playing. I was digging into Irv Smith's like routes run and just like being on the field and stuff. Like, and like, he wasn't running any routes until last week he finally got loose and he was actually, he put up a decent, you know, stat line for him. 
Uh, is that going to continue or is he going to just be blocking or we don't know? Like, what is your projection on that? I mean, we really don't know. Like last year he was yeah. getting a decent amount of work. He was getting 12% of the targets. He was running routes. He, um, and this year, both him and Kyle Rudolph have kind of been afterthoughts. They're, they're underlying like usage numbers are basically the same, but they're both getting like 7% of the targets. Yeah. Irv went up a little bit last week, but it was one week. It's really tough to know. So he's not a guy that I like trust in cash games. Like I'd rather find the extra, whatever it is, 600 to get to Burton. Um, you know, Ferkser's in a similar situation, like with, uh, with Pruitt out, he ran quite a few more routes last, last week, got a bunch of targets, like 20% of the targets. Um, but Swain ran more routes than, than Pruitt was. So that's a little bit concerning. And now Humphreys is back. So maybe they run more three wide receiver sets. So like there's, there's uncertainty with all these guys, but that's what you get when you play a, a min price tight end. <laughs> give, give me a quick rundown or kind of, you know, we have a few minutes before you step aside and make way. For Tambo and Blender, again, we're here all the way until kickoff. Uh, next two hours, Roth and Christy and Tuttle are coming on uh, at 12.30. Roth will give you guys a weather update as far as what's going on in Florida. That seems to be the uh, where all the weather happens. You're lurking, the three games that are going down in Florida. What, what do you have for me, Grant, as far as your tight ends be succinct? Uh, Brave, Gusecki, Burton. And that's that Andrews. That's pretty much it. I'm going to be over on Andrews just because I think – Are you going to be over on Brave? Oh, and Hawkinson. No, I'm going to have zero break. Why am I playing Cameron Braid? Tampa's got terrible tight ends. Like, I don't want to play any of those guys. They all yeah, eat each can. other. And... I, I mean. I'll play Ebron before I'm playing those guys. That's fine. Go ahead and play that. But Braid's going for a touchdown. Come on, Cardi. Tell him Braid's a terrible play. Braid's a terrible play, <laughs> I mean, tell me a tight end that's a good play. Well, there, there are just, bad plays and plays that aren't as bad. Like, there's bad and worse plays. Tight end is ugly. They, will, they won't accept your lineup if you don't submit a tight end. Um, and, you know, we're seeing John U has been pretty chalky. And he's been lucky as far as touchdown, you know, his touchdowns per receptions. I think it's like five touchdowns and like 18 catches or something like that. That's off the dome. But that's just not going to continue going forward. He's a good athlete. But I just don't project. Dude, don't tell that. people that touchdowns are lucky. People really want to believe that guys have like a touchdown skill. And that's, that's not <laughs> I was Julio can't get that a box. That's what I was told, right? Isn't that a thing? Uh, it is sort of weird that people. Yeah, there's absolutely touchdown variants and goofy things happen and whatever, whatever. Uh, give me a well. Let's let us some questions in chat. We got a couple minutes before we step aside and get out of here. Uh, they're talking about Irv Smith and like. There's a very real chance Irv Smith gets zero fantasy points, and you still might catch. There's him. a real yeah. If he gets <laughs> one target, doesn't catch it, and that's his day. Like that is very much on the table. Um, but he's two point five k, and the matchup's good. Tanya, anybody with thought on Tanya? Anybody chasing that? I mean, in a stack, I guess, but the price has really come up on him. Yeah, he's the second most expensive tight end on FanDuel. I think he's like sixth most expensive on DK. Just kind of speaks to how, how terrible the, uh, the the chat keeps talking about that New England game. As far as we know, that New England game is on, and DK goofed up. Uh, that will be cleaned up in the next uh, two hours, presumably. Give me your favorite stack, Grant. Uh, Mooney, Robinson, Foles. Favorite defenses? Miami. Singular? <laughs> Miami, Miami, and Giants. Yeah, I, li- I like Miami. I like Miami as well, too, but I think they're going to be super chalky, but, like, they're chalky for a reason. I think Pittsburgh's pretty interesting against Cleveland, especially with those injuries, like a slew of injuries, even Baker Mayfield. There's that revenge game with the goofy thing that happened last year at Mason Rudolph, if you want to make a story out of that. Uh, I-, I think Baltimore just absolutely gets at uh, Carson Wentz, like you might see like seven or eight sacks. That wouldn't surprise me. 
Uh, what do you have for me, Cardi? Favorite stack, favorite defenses? I really like that Chicago stack. I think the Green Bay uh, Tampa stacks are going to be too low on because of the prices. Um, and, and I mean, it's chalky, but like I really like Minnesota Atlanta. Uh, I'm seeing a question in there from Alex Lamar and Irv versus Fitz and Johnny on Fandle Cash. I don't think you play Irv and Fandle Cash. It's not. It's oh, not that thin. No, not yeah. on Fandle. It's not unnecessary. Yeah, I would play Fitz and Johnny if that's like if, you, if that's your your choices because yeah, there's a. It's not that hard to, to get uh, Johnny Smith. Uh, I don't think uh, just kind of uh, Fandle. I think it's pretty easy to get up to Johnny. Yeah, and 2.5k on DK means more than like four three or four five on Fandle, whatever the price may or may not be. Uh, Eric Johnson in the chat still trying to make Matt and Mike Boone work. Do not make that work. Don't play Mike He's Boone. He's trying to make Mike Boone happen. Mike Boone's not going to happen. It's, it's the fetch up for the day. We thank you guys for watching the show there on YouTube. Feel free to like, subscribe, uh, stay tuned. Again, right around the corner, you might get beer six pack, I, I imagine, in the interlude. Uh, right after that, you're going to get yourself some blender. They're going to be showing off the lineup HQ, doing all sorts of tournament stuff. Uh, with that said, he's Cardi. He's Grant. I was Dean. Enjoy your football. We're out of here. Oh! We're here back in the Fantasy Bar 6 of my favorite plays for week 6, including my favorite game stack of the weekend. What tight end am I going back to after disappointing people in week 5? And a running back, I think, is in a tremendous spot here. Who are we talking about? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome in, guys. Week 6 edition, Beers Daily Fantasy Six Pack back here once again in the Fantasy Bar, giving you six guys fresh off the tap, covering both FanDuel and DraftKings. Again, we'll talk some stacks. We'll try to find some value. Where are we spending money? Looks like a fun slate of games. Now, before we look at Week 6, let's take a look back at Week 5. And decent week. You know, we had some good hits. With that Houston connection, Brandon Cooks definitely got it done for us. Going back to the well there, but a little disappointed. And guys like Dalton Schultz basically gave us nothing. Uh, James Robinson was disappointing, but the receivers were good to us. All in all, a decent week, but we can do better. So let's do just that here in week six. Before we talk about this week's plays, guys, do me a favor. If you're on YouTube, take a second. Click that thumbs up button. Really helps us out. Means a lot to me. That's the tip jar here. As I always say in the fantasy bar, make sure you do that. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Get notified when all the videos are coming out. All right, let's talk week six. Let's start at the tight end position. Like I mentioned, a guy I want to go back to this week, Evan Ingram of the Giants. So Ingram disappointed last week. Kind of the chalky tight end. Everybody was on the Giants last week. Really disappointed. Had that rushing touchdown, which kind of salvages day a little bit. But we know tight end has been an absolute disaster so far this season if you haven't been spending up each and every week you've probably been let down here so let's go to the mid-range here and roll with evan ingram now that washington defense very good against the run but kind of suspect against the pass here so i'm expecting more success i know this team should have got it done against dallas last week but against washington fifth most fantasy points allowed to the tight end position and those two targets last week i'm going to throw that out coming in games before that averaged almost eight targets per game expecting a bounce back here expecting the ownership to take a big hit off of a highly owned week five get evan ingram in those week six lineups all right let's spend some money at the wide receiver position in fact we're going to go all the way up to the top go with Devonte adams of the packers 
Now we haven't seen Devontae in a while. Since week two, kind of ho-hum after that huge week one where he saw 17 targets, but has had a few weeks to get right. Had the bye week, so they sat him out before that. So I'm expecting 100% Devontae Adams here. Now let's talk Packers offense. They lost Alan Lazard, Bob Tanyan, great story. Those three touchdowns in that game. But we know Devontae Adams is going to command a ton of targets, especially in a game like this against Tampa Bay, who has been torched by wide receivers, giving up a league-high 71% completion rate to wide receivers. We know they are very good against the run. Been all right against the pass. The numbers say they've been good, but they have not faced an offense as potent as this Green Bay offense. We see that in the team totals here. Vegas has this projected as an absolute shootout. In fact, Green Bay, one of the highest team totals on this slate at over 28 points. Pay the price. There's plenty of value here. We'll give you some more cheaper guys. But Devontae Adams definitely will be a core piece for me here in week six. All right, let's go to running back position. We're going to go right back to the well, a la Brandon Cooks last week with James Robinson of the Jaguars. So same rationale here. The matchup might be even better than it was last week. and really wasn't a huge disappointment, but we expected more out of Robinson. But what has been there have been the touches, 17 or more touches now in every single game this season. I mentioned it last week. He's basically Leonard Fournette without the name value of Leonard Fournette. And those prices still under 7,000 on both sites here. And let's look at this matchup against the Lions. Third most fantasy points allowed to this position so far this season. Running backs have been an absolute lock and load against this Lions defense. Let's not change things. Another game with a huge total here. I think people will be all over the Jaguars passing game. I'm okay with that as well. But let's not forget how good James Robinson has been. The workload will be there and the matchup about as good as it gets here against the Detroit Lions. All right, I really like that game. Let's go to the other side and go with quarterback Matthew Stafford. So Stafford been somewhat quiet compared to the end of last season where he's putting up gaudy numbers. But when you dig in this season, been solid. I mean, we're talking about multiple touchdown passes in each of the last three games. Hell, you got a guy like Daniel Jones who's thrown a touchdown in a month. We hope that changes here with Evan Ingram. But back to Stafford, the Lions' massive team total here on this slate. We mentioned that Green Bay total. Detroit's even higher here, closing in on a team total of 30. And this is the premier matchup for a quarterback. The Jaguars dead last in DVOA against the pass. Second most fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. They have not slowed anybody down. We have gone to this matchup many times. We did it last week with Deshaun Watson, who hit a home run. And I think Matthew Stafford does the same thing here. Great matchup here against this terrible Jacksonville pass defense. All right, we like Stafford. Who do we pair him up with? Oh, Kenny Galladay, too easy. We're going to go to Marvin Jones Jr., our next play here in the six-pack. So Jones been kind of quiet this season, especially that last game. He had the bye week, so kind of out of sight, out of mind here with Marvin Jones. Well, let's not forget about the ceiling this guy brings to the table. We've seen many a massive GPP winning games out of Marvin Jones, and you're going to get that ceiling at a very low ownership. I'm not ready to write this guy off yet. Still playing a ton of snaps. In fact, 95% of snaps so far this season. Yes, the numbers dipped when Kenny Galladay returned to the lineup. I understand that, but these two have been able to coexist over the years. I don't think that's a massive hindrance here. I think the Lions are going to be able to do whatever they want. And if people go with Stafford, who definitely is going to have some ownership, the first pairing they're going to go with is Kenny Galladay. So cash games, sure, I'm all about that. I will have some Kenny Galladay in tournaments. But the leverage to go to Marvin Jones Jr. at a fraction of the ownership you're going to get Kenny Galladay is the way to go here in tournaments or hell. Even double stack both of them 
The point is, it's nice leverage, it's low ownership, it's a big ceiling, it's a terrible secondary. Add it all up, Marvin Jones Jr., a phenomenal play here in week six. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for week six. But as always, before we get into that, guys, we're going to continue our Beast of the Week contest. Free to play. A thank you to you guys for watching the video, hanging out in the Fantasy Bar. All you got to do, get in the comment section right below the video. We'll go with FanDuel this week. So guess FanDuel points for my Beast of the Week. Closest guests will win themselves a free week of Roto-Grinders Premium. A chance to check everything out or a free Roto-Grinders t-shirt. All right, without further ado, let's take a look at my favorite play for week six. No match, the Beast the week. All right, this time we're going to go to running back position. We're going to go with Derrick Henry, my favorite play this week and this week's beast of the week. So when looking at the pricing here, that's the first thing that really jumped off the page for Derrick Henry. FanDuel, 9,000, probably where he should be. That may scare people off. So that could lower the ownership there. Anytime you can pay more than people want to pay for a guy, and he plays very well to that FanDuel scoring system with touchdowns being so heavy. But 7,300 on DraftKings, lowest price this season. Hell, lowest price I can remember in quite some time. And I know he doesn't do a ton in the passing game, but at that price, I don't care. This guy's given us multiple touchdowns in each of the last two games. We saw him stiff arm Josh Norman straight to hell, right through the turf. So look for him to have another big game here against the Houston Texans, fifth most fantasy points allowed to the running back position. And the last time he faced this team, went over 200 yards rushing and had three touchdowns in that game. Derrick Henry starting to get it going here. This Tennessee offense looked electric the other night against Buffalo, and I'm expecting the same here in a big game out of Derrick Henry, making him easily my favorite play for week six and this week's beast of the week. All right, guys, that wraps up here in the Fantasy Bar for week six. As always, any comments, questions, feedback, hit that comment section right below the video. Don't forget, fantasy points for Derrick Henry on FanDuel for your chance at some RG Premium. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, guys. Thank you for that. Make sure you subscribe. You can also head over to Twitter and follow me over there at BeermakersFan. For Rotogrinders.com, I am Beer saying salut, guys. Best of luck here this week, and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. What's up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, a.k.a. Toe Tag and Tambo, back for another edition of the Sunday Lineup HQ show. 
And I'm lucky again this week. I've got another great guest. They just keep feeding them to me. This is the guy you guys all know, Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blenderhead, a.k.a. Blender HD, a.k.a. the busiest man this week doing take cast with Davis Maddock, doing his regular show with the Advanced Sports Analytics guys. Jordan, what's happening, my man? Not much. I'm also busy making my lineups. I just uh, got to go early yesterday and make sure I made a whole bunch of them. And of course, just like at every Sunday morning, it's an hour and a half or so before the slate and you're questioning if you're doing the right thing. Uh, absolutely. And we got a lot to talk about here. We are going to get into it uh, you know, from a tournament side of things. I know if, if you guys haven't sat back and watched, I, I know this is a free show, but you want to get signed up. Producer Devin's going to drop the link in the chat. You guys can go on, get five bucks off. Uh, go back and watch the video. Jordan and I did a video to start the season on Lineup HQ. It was almost a two-hour video. It was pretty in-depth. You went through quite a bit of strategy, game theory, all the stuff that goes around it. Obviously, Jordan, you do a lot of stuff out there with this. Uh, you know, I want to talk to you about something before we kick off into the plays and the you know leverage spots and situations that we get into on this show. Uh, one of the things you were on the the Davis Matic Take Cast this week talking about, you know, your masterclass, the theory of DFS. You were going through some concepts and you talked about the ownership and, and versus projections and i just want to bring this up quickly because i think it's interesting and it ties into we'll get to your vikings takes i know everybody wants to talk with the vikings in the chat and what we're doing with them but last week with the cowboys you know with you know the situation there with everyone's going to be on dak in the passing game this has sort of been a theme this season everyone's going to leverage that game by taking zeke and then by the time it comes around to sunday all of a sudden zeke is one of the highest owned running backs and no one's even on some of those pass catchers like lamb and Gallup. how it pertains to this week where i'm going with it now we've got sort of the same situation this week with Minnesota. We know Madison is a top play in a top spot against the top matchup, potentially, on paper. And then everyone at the start of the week is, oh, I'm going to go Cousins, I'm going to get Thielen, I'm going to get Jefferson, and, and that's a tight target tree and all these things. What, what's your thoughts on that just on starting the week off? Because I think that's where a lot of people are going in single entry and three max, thinking that's the way. But then at the same time, Madison is still going to be highly owned as well. So where are you at with that? Well, I think this is a week where like there's not like one chalky spot. There are a couple of chalky places, but I don't think anything that just stands out on the page is everyone's going here and I got I got to go elsewhere. So, uh, I mean, we have some chalky running backs. We have some chalky individual pieces. I mean, we're going to yeah. see AJ Brown ownership. Like I'm viewing it as the the stacks that are going to be more owned are the ones that are tied to the pieces. More than not, but I st- I don't think there's going to be one like we have the Lions, we have the Vikings, we have uh, uh, the the Titans. I I think they'll lead the pack, but I don't mm-hmm. think the ownership is going to get so out of hand that that you're necessarily looking at and going, well, how do I play the like the opposite of that? You can do that a little, but I I just I just don't think it's it's as important. I think uh, in my exposure, I'm playing 120 lineups. I'm playing a lot of different angles and a lot of them are just going off, not even the, the leverage on the game, but just go to a different game completely. Yeah. Cause it's going to be no pieces in the game or barely any pieces in the game are being owned. And I think you could find leverage there. Yeah. And the quarterback ownership leads to stack ownership leads to what, where people are going in these GPPs, especially large field. And you can see the minute you get down, even cousins still only shows six. I think it might end up being slightly higher just from, you know, all the talk around there. But once you get down to Lamar and beyond, there's a lot of good plays. Cam Newton, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, you know, ways that you could go, I should say, versus plays. But the idea of stacking up these games is just as likely, you know, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, someone just mentioned in the chat, is that what everyone's doing and, you know, going to go with 
that, you know, talk about the Green Bay Tampa Bay game, but then not go there? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people know that this is a good spot. We'll say that it's a good spot, but will they actually click the buttons and go there or, or build up in lineup HQ to get some of these stacks and see what those look like? Probably not so much. You know, and we'll, we'll talk about some of those things as we go through the positions. You know, a lot of talk about a guy like Chase Claypool for having a big week, but no talk about a guy like Robert Tanyan. And I'm not here to tell Robert Tanyan. I'm just saying it's a guy that also just put up three touchdowns, has a good relationship with his quarterback. It seems to be okay. This is a high scoring game, but no one's even going to bring that play up. But they'll talk about Fulgham from last week and Chase Claypool from last week because of the same results. So we'll go into some of that stuff as well. I think the other thing is, you know, there's only really a little bit of congested ownership right at the top here. And it's with the two $5,900 quarterbacks. And then Matt Stafford is getting a lot of love as well. So do you have any takes on sort of the the higher projected owned quarterbacks and, and how you can use those to your advantage in large field GPPs and go off of that. Uh, in my 120 lineups, because I, I mean, I, I have my exposures. I mean, I, I may tweak a little here and there, but yeah. out of 120 lineups, the combined exposure that I have to those quarterbacks combined is 7%. Combined. Okay. So, so okay, 93% I barely, of I your lineups are I don't have elsewhere. any Fitzpatrick. Because okay. I'm playing Gaskin, I'm playing the running game and not playing Parker. Uh, I think uh, the Detroit Jacksonville game. I know the total is up, but these are two teams that play at the slowest pace, neutral game script. Uh, I mean, forget about the weather. Yeah, there may be some a little bit of wind, but I mean, unless it's like ridiculous, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, right. I think there are many ways for the Detroit Jacksonville game to fail. Uh, the Jacksonville side would chark in Jacksonville has just like so many guys that they could pass the ball to. So like, if you're going to run it back with a three plus one or something like that, who knows who that guy is? It could be Chark, It could be Chenault. It could be Cole. It could be, it could be a, a James Robinson. Conley, right. It could Shaughnessy. Be, it could be we don't so know. Many yeah, people. Right. Lots of guys outside. And then the Tennessee game, you have AJ Brown is mega chalk. Henry is chalk. Uh, John Smith is the, 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 the chalkiest tight end. It's like, how do you play that game without having a chalky stack? I mean, yes, the runbacks, maybe Fuller, Cooks, those guys, maybe a little less owned, David Johnson. But I'm just looking at that. Like, how do I build a Tannehill stack? That I'm building Tannehill stacks. The five that I have have Adam Humphreys in it because he's like, the, he's back from COVID and uh, apparently he's not, no one's going to play him. So at 4K, yeah. why not? Why play him, play him in the stack if I'm going to play that stack? So just like I look at those situations. And I see the pieces in the Atlanta-Minnesota game getting fairly good ownership, right? Madison and Thielen, uh, but but the quarterback's not really. Like, you know, playing the, the passing, her cousin's passing game without Madison, that seems like leverage. Or playing the Ryan passing game with Julio and Ridley, Gage, Hurst, that game, it's in a dome. It's one of the highest total games. And Matt Ryan's coming in projected at 3% ownership. So, like... I mean, I'd, I'd I'd much rather take my shots on there than than play these fifty nine hundred level, you know, Stafford and and Fitzpatrick and Tannehill. If they beat me, they beat me. But I just I just think probability versus ownership. I, I'd I'd ra- I'd rather go another way. Yeah, my boy Kirk Dees, he's been on fire on the Tourney Takes Pod last couple of weeks. He's been doing really well and just going into some thoughts. And his was the the Matt Ryan one's really interesting, right? Because you've like you said, you've got. Cousins is not showing as much ownership. I think you talked about a great way. You could do something like a Cousins Jefferson 
And then, yeah, you can still eat your Irv Smith if you wanted. You've got enough money to spend elsewhere. You can get unique, but it's not the Madison Thielen that everyone's going to and even playing them together in some cases. Or when people think they're getting sneaky by getting off Madison and going Thielen and Irv Smith, you're not really getting that sneaky. You still have a pretty common stack that's going to be out there. And then, like you said, naturally just going the I love opposite quarterbacks, I call it, quote unquote, where you're just going with the other the guy on the other side. So an example would be I also like uh, Deshaun Watson. He's not that much lower owned. He's still 9%. But where you've got, look at this, Tannehill, the highest owned. Uh, Derrick Henry creeping up to 28%. A.J. Brown, the highest owned. Jonu Smith, as you mentioned. It, it's all the Tannehill passing game. So maybe that was a better example earlier of my Minnesota take where I'm saying it's everyone saying do this, but they're doing all of it. They're putting it all together with these Tennessee guys. So give me some more guys then at quarterback, some situations where you like that you can get some more leverage on the field. But you talk about this a lot, and it was on the take cast as well this week with you, where you said, you know, like talking a little bit about you like to say in brackets, you know, mostly stupid questions sometimes people ask. It's almost like people want to get cute without getting stupid. That's what we're trying to do here, right? Let's look for some better situations, some better spots where we can leverage the field with some actual good spots. Because I, I told you before the show, a buddy, a good friend of mine asked me, talk me off the Eagles stack. And I was like, what? Like, it's not even that I'm a diehard Ravens fan. It has nothing to do with that. It just, to me, that's not the stack I would even think if I went to my fourth, fifth, sixth stack to try and move away from the one, two, three commonalities. Not even so my where, 14th stack. What do you that's what I mean, stack? right? So yeah, where, where are you going to get a little bit uh, unique, but still have the upside you think you can find out there to win a GPP today? Okay, three places. This is, this is right. what I'm doing. This is my, my, my biggest leverage at stack-wise. Uh, one, I'm going to play a little Nick Foles. I'm going to try to get leverage off of David Montgomery ownership, play Allen Robinson, play Darnell Mooney, uh, play like uh, Mike Davis on the other side or Robbie Anderson on the other side. Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't have a ton of exposure there, but I just wanted to mention it. Uh, the We mentioned the Green Bay-Tampa Bay game. We have Aaron Rodgers and we have Tom Brady. Both of them have nearly 300. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has slightly over 300 prop. Tom Brady's at like 290. Uh playing skinny stacks of that game. Maybe not three plus ones, two plus ones. So you're mm-hmm. pairing Rodgers with Adams. You're pairing Brady with Godwin or Evans, but not playing both. They're too expensive. Uh, I could see throwing in an MVS if you want to make a Rodgers three plus one uh, or use MVS as the run back and a Brady two plus one. But I think that game is going under owned because it's expensive. You have to play cheap running backs. So if you're if you're fine with fading Madison, fading Henry, uh, maybe even fading Davis and or playing one of those guys and then two of the cheaper running backs. I think I think that is a contrarian route. And then on the opposite perspective, if you want to pay up at running back, the vomit stack of the day, you know, Tottenhambo, people love my vomit stacks. We do. Uh, the vomit stack of the day, the the I think the the game with the third highest neutral pace uh, is uh, the Giants and the Washington football team. Uh, these are bad football teams. This game could easily just be 13 to 10, but uh, it, it it could not be. And Daniel Jones has rushing upside. He's 5,400. Uh, the, the, the Washington gets to the passer pretty quickly, so he may have to scramble a bunch. Uh, all of his receivers are cheap. Slayton's 5,400. Tate's 4,600. Engram's 4,900 at a very weak tight end position that, like, maybe eight points is good at, at tight end. So what, what do you need out of it? And then uh, the obvious runbacks are McLaurin or Gibson. So, like, it at least the Washington team has a very condensed, 
Like, who would you play? You're not playing uh, Dontrell Linden, probably, or, or like Logan Thomas or something. So I think in in lineups that I'm playing Madison and Henry and uh, and and the, the 7K type running backs, I think Daniel Jones makes. I mean, it's a low probability case, but I'm just uh, there, there's a path. It's the lowest total game on the slate. But last last week. Pittsburgh and uh, Philadelphia was the lowest total game on the slate and they put up 60 plus points. So, I mean, there, there is a probability that it could happen. It's a lower probability, but compared to the ownership, we have Daniel Jones is under 2% owned Slayton at 5% ownership. Ingram's the same, you know, Tate's even less. Exactly. Lots of spots there. And then you mentioned the green Bay Tampa Bay game. And if you look there, yeah, Devontae Adams still getting 13%, but that might be just bad considering I know he's 8,000, but this is a guy that can put up 40 points, literally. So, you know, like you said, running the two plus ones there, you can get uh, Rodgers, Adams, and then run it back with a guy like Godwin. I think he has a little bit better matchup in that game, just to give you an idea. And that's a three-man stack. It's plenty fine. You could use one of the Tampa Bay tight ends if, if you want to get there. I think that's not a bad idea. If you want to go something like that, I mentioned Rodgers and Tanyan, and then definitely can afford a Godwin or an Evans and, and still feel good about what the rest of your build looks like. And those guys are all super... Uh, extremely underowned as far as what they're they're going to be versus the field, right? If you go down and look at some of these guys and where they're at, it's you know three and five percent. So I like that. We're going to talk about running back in a second, but I think you know some of the running backs are quote unquote good chalk. Maybe if, if a guy like Mike Davis, Alexander Madison for the positions that I could see you know a route for him to bust. I did talk about this a lot this week. There's just other guys on certain sites like, uh, and I should I forgot to mention this. Let me stop for two seconds here, but. FanDuel single entry series. You guys got to get over there. It's filling up fast. Uh, $5, $33, $100 buy-in. The payout structures are actually really good. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave the rest for up for discussion, but, uh, you know, politics-wise. But I think it's, a, you know, definitely a good spot. I'm in all of them as far as the single entry series goes. Love that. Over here, we're talking about, uh, you know, DraftKings right now, but you want to get over there and fill those up before they uh, get, get loaded. So back to quarterback. Just want to round it out. I, I got to go back to your one take you had there on Nick Foles. I just had to plug in my min, you know, we're using lineup HQ. I love the min max feature. I had to make sure for when I get off the show, we save 40 minutes so I can finish out. But that was what a take that I had on the podcast this week with, with killer B and with Kirk. I said, man, I don't want to stack this game up. But then I kept talking about all the plays Mooney uh, Robinson. You talk about Davis, you talk about Montgomery, you talk about this game. There's just so many plays in it. And it's a naturally a good way to leverage off of, of using Montgomery. If, if you don't want to go that route, I like Davis on the other side. And you can have your Foles, Mooney, Robinson, uh, even Jimmy Graham, if you look at his numbers and what he's been doing for them, his end zone and red zone action, it's been solid. So there's really a lot of ways to stack it up. And then I don't mind your Daniel Jones call. He's the guy that popped for me early in the week, but it just felt like, ah, I don't know if I can go there. But like you mentioned, tight end, nobody's, nobody's talking about Ingram. You've got Slayton. We all wanted to be on him last week and he did well. He actually could have done better. And now it's like nobody wants to talk about him this week. So uh, it's funny how that goes. We'll get to it more when we talk about wide receiver and see some of these ownerships. But it's almost like in football, it's the spot where people think, oh, he can't, you know, the, the commonality is he can't do that two weeks in a row. But he absolutely can. They, him, they, whoever you want to call it, they can definitely do it the next week. Uh, anybody else stacks-wise or at quarterback? I don't think so. I mean, I, the, everything else that we've mentioned, I mean, you could. Uh, no, one's, no one seems to want to play Lamar, but he has 40-plus point upside. You pair you pair him with uh you pair him with Andrews at a weak tight end position and and you're good. 
I'm back. I thought it was you guys. My bad, guys. Sorry. Uh, was um, that a frozen take? Was that a, fr- a cold freezing takes? Is that is that uh, part of part of <laughs> at what fr- happened? freezing cold takes? Maybe yeah. that's what it was. Which one are we going to claim it to, though? The the Daniel Jones or the Nick Foles? Uh, well, I was talking about Lamar Jackson. Let's see if he rushes the ball. Oh, I, I like Lamar Jackson. I, we can we can definitely end on that note. I know I'm a, a homer, but the big news is I've been talking all season about fading him. Every week I've, I've said to fade him. This is the first week I said we should try playing him, and, and I don't mind it. It's more so um, something I also heard you and Brandon Adams talk about on your podcast this week with the Advanced Sports Analytics guys was, I can't remember if it was you or Brandon, but I love the take of, when everyone's paying down to these quarterbacks, like look at these quarterbacks that are chalked, Tannehill, Fitzpatrick, and Stafford. There is a, a definitely a, a scenario where at least two, if not three of those guys bust, right? At these prices, we don't have a Mahomes, a Russ, uh, you know, a, a Dak, RIP Dak, any of these guys on the slate that we're used to having Josh Allen. None of these guys are on this slate. And what if Lamar has one of his big games that we've been waiting on? It's Philly. He, you know, guys have lit this team up in the secondary. Uh, Chase Claypool just last week for for four touchdowns but you know now you could have that game and what if he beats the quarterback position by 15 points and then talk about the same thing at tight end I know we're moving around here but it just goes with the stack take where there's nobody here you're you're missing Kittle you're missing Kelsey you're missing all these other guys that you said it's sort of a everybody's paying down to Jonu Smith Irv Smith Andrews has some ownership but there's nine out of ten lineups that don't have him he's sitting around 10 percent here and he could blow this position away by 10 points as well. And then you have a naturally unique construction. So that was a take I liked. Uh, you know, I went with it. What's your thoughts on that? Because I missed it when I cut out on Lamar and we'll move on to running back. I got a couple. I, I'm not playing much Lamar because the stacking doesn't make it. it it's, it's hard. There's, I don't want to play anyone on the Eagles. But I mean, I, I got I got three or four lineups just in case. I mean, I play large field GPP. So I mean, for, for that instance, I mean, I, I got out to something, but I mean, I prefer stacking stacking all the other games. I just I just don't think the Eagles are going to compete, and I just don't like the stacking partners. Like, if anything, I would play Ertz, but then I how do I play Andrews and Ertz in the same lineup? On a horrible tight end slate, to play double tight end seems to be uh, a severely suboptimal. Yeah, and I'll finish out the take because it's at quarterback. We like to talk a little bit of the stacks. We don't have to get into that late in the show. Remember, what stacks are you on? We we normally tie it in with quarterback. I'll just say this: this is the last part of that take that I had is I think for me, it's an obvious two plus one, kind of like the Rodgers situation you mentioned, expensive quarterback, expensive tight end, in the case of Rodgers, expensive, expensive wide receiver one. But I'll, I'll go with some Fulgham only because, like I said, at 8%, everyone says it can't happen again. Like that was a fluke, blah, blah, blah. What I think is the Eagles have nothing going on. I know Ward is going to get the Marlon Humphrey treatment. And they're going to give, they already said the, it's coach speak. Believe it or not, I don't care. It's the year 2020. Anything can happen. But I'll tell you this, they they trusted him last game. He paid off. How do you not try when nothing else is working for you, the Eagles, to go back to a guy like Fulgham and give him, and maybe it's not that, you know, 14 or 12 targets or whatever it was. Maybe it's only seven or eight, but at 14 or sorry, at 4.4K and a game where I assume they are going to be down and he's only getting 8% ownership because people are like, oh, that can't happen again. I think it could happen and it only takes you know, six catches, 50 yards and a touchdown. And he really pays off nicely. And that's a mini stack that not many people will be on. So uh, we can move on to running back. I just wanted to get that in there. Any, any rebuttal or are you good to go with running no, back? You can, you can take a stab. You can play whoever you want. It's large field GPP. Feel that's free right. to pick a, close your eyes and start matching buttons. It's fine. And, 
And that's why I like that. We've got you on the show because it's like you said, you can do that, but we're doing it in the, in the right way. And that's what we're using lineup HQ for. Obviously we talk about it a lot, but you know, producer Devin's going to drop the link in there again. You guys can go on and get full access to this throughout the week. Jordan already talked about it. I appreciate you coming on. He's, you know, getting his lineups in early so he could get on the show with me and just do his tweaking afterwards for myself. I was like, yeah, Jordan's coming on with me. I'm going to get some of his hot takes here. And I'm going to, I got a hot take at running back Tambo. I got the hottest take of all hot takes at running back. Do you want to blow it up right now? No, no, nah, nah, we'll get, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to We'll him. save it. Okay. Right. I like but Mike Davis. Mike, I, yeah. I don't think this is a hot take. Mike Davis is Christian McCaffrey. He has 25 plus interactions in games and a, more than a third are receiving or receptions. He's 7,000. Yeah. Would you play Christian McCaffrey at 7,000? You jam oh, him in. I got him in half yeah. my lineups. I, there's no way I, I, I don't care. I don't care matchup. I don't care total. I don't care. Curtis Samuel is out, apparently. He's inactive today, and he sometimes runs the ball every once in a while. So now that bumps Mike Davis on a little short routes even more so. I, I, uh, Mike Davis, I, I'm not someone that says lock. If he doesn't get injured, I don't see how he doesn't get at least 20 points, like as a minimum. If not, and he has minus 200 touchdown uh, odds on, on props. I mean – to me, he's the, he's the he's the safest play on the board. He's he's Christian McCaffrey at seven thousand, right? And I'm not going to disagree. I think the the joke going around was he's ninety percent Christian McCaffrey. He's ninety percent of the way there, but that's like you said at seven thousand a steal. But let me, I know you're a busy man, so you're not seeing all the content. I've got I've had some takes this week. With that being said, and I love that call with Mike Davis. What's you said? You have your exposures there. Where are you at with Alexander Madison in large field GPPs? I'm under. I'm under on I'm Madison. Well. I'm under on Madison. I'm under on Henry. There are uh Matt Hen- there's so many ways for Henry to fail. There's so many ways. At 7300, he needs touchdowns. Henry's not a guy that's going to catch a million balls out of the backfield. You could say the Texans are horrible run defense. You're right. He has a, a yardage prop of 105. You're right. 100 yards and a touchdown. Let's say he just gets that. We're talking about what? 19 points? I could get I, I don't need that. So he needs, he needs 140 yards and two touchdowns for me to, oh, I need to have him in a GPP lineup. So so out of all these guys, like Madison at least catches balls out of the backfield. It's like, okay, there's a little less ways for him to fail. But we we haven't really seen a large sample of Madison getting like the full workload or anything. Maybe they do mix in Mike Boone, okay? So, uh, so yeah. I mean, they, they're not, not, none of these guys are locks. I consider Davis to be, Way above both of these other guys in the seven K range, at least for floor, at minimum for floor. For you know, if Davis to me, if Davis doesn't get twenty points, I'm I'm shocked. If Madison puts up fourteen points, a Henry has says twelve points. Like I'm I'm not shocked. That's well within his range of outcomes. Yeah, I certainly like Henry a little bit more. I talked about it in the expert survey this week. Just you know, obviously ownership picks up as the week goes on. When it started, there was quite a a larger gap between himself. And with Madison, but I thought, you know, sort of like a little bit of a perfect storm where everyone's going on the AJ Brown passing game at, you know, so for, for as far as a leverage spot, that would have been Henry. Now look at his ownership, almost 30%. But then at the other side of it, as far as a pivot play, everyone on Madison, Henry, a hundred bucks more. Like I said, it's a little bit, it's, you know, 7%. It's probably not enough to talk about, but I do still like it. I like the Houston matchup. I think they do want to pound the rock to him. Like I said, the yardage prop is already bonus territory on DraftKings, and yes he doesn't catch a lot of balls but sometimes that's erased with two touchdowns right so doesn't mean it's always going to happen but it's it's not a play that i hate i'm with you 
on the Mike Davis call. I think, you know, as far as 7K guys go, cash, single entry, three max, whatever you want to use them in. I still think Davis has the, the much higher floor with the same ceiling. And because there's such a high bust rate possibility for Madison and Henry both, I, I think Davis, again, just is that extra bonus piece as another added extra on why you'd want more of him. So I'm with you. I don't lock running backs. I normally do max, you know, 50, 60% in my, in my large field, just in case I'm still, I've got outs, right? Injuries are very common this year, especially, but at the running back position always. So um, that was my take there, but then now tie this in sticking with the chalk. You've got a David Montgomery, much cheaper, obviously another great spot. Carolina gets ripped up on the ground. Do you have any lineups with the two of them together though? Because I know typically, and that's what we can use, you know, the groups for, if you wanted to just even a basic group, we've talked about this in the past, you'd go Montgomery and Davis and most of one, right? At most one. If everyone hasn't done it before players to use at most one, that's an example of a group that you could set up, but what's your thoughts on the two of those in a lineup together or just how you're going to use them generally? Cause you have a lot of Mike Davis. Uh, I don't have them both in the same lineup, but out of, out of any two running backs in the same game, this would be the most that you, that I would consider doing it. Normally long-term two running backs on the same side, typically are not correlated ceiling wise, but Davis catches so many balls out of the backfield. And Montgomery has been getting six to eight targets out of the backfield that, out of out of all the games, this would be the one, and none none of the other games I would ever I would consider that, but 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 this is this is this is the one I guess. But I mean, I'm not doing it only because I'm playing three plus ones. I'm playing running back wide receiver correlations. So like Davis lineups don't have Montgomery; it has Allen Robinson, or Montgomery lineups have Robbie Anderson. So like I'm doing more of that, and because I'm doing more of that, and that's that's a way to get leverage because everyone's playing Davis. Not many people are playing Robbie Anderson. Everyone's playing Montgomery. Not many people are playing Allen Robinson. So instead of having the two chalky players together, I want the chalky player with the less chalky player. So it's not necessarily that I'm not playing them together because they're negatively correlated. It's just that like playing them together is not getting me really much leverage on either of those two guys. I want to leverage on one over the other, depending on the lineup. Yeah. And I like that. And we've talked in the past, right? You can go here. You've got your quick stacks, your secondary stacks. You can set that up. So you have, you know, one running back across from a wide receiver, a tight end in a certain percentage of your lineups. And that would be one, like you said, where maybe in your David Montgomery lineups, you've got it set up. So it's Robbie Anderson across from the other side in your Mike Davis lineups. Maybe you've got Mooney on the other side as a secondary stack. And you just don't want to get, you know, we talked about not stacking the game with foals, but if you don't want to go that, that heavy with it, I think it's a, a really good spot to get some of these secondary stacks going and get somebody opposite of your running back because they're both pretty chalky, but there's lots of guys on the other side that have almost no ownership associated with them. And I, I do like that. Lastly on the chalk, before we get into some you know good other spots for GPPs, is there any rule with these top four, maybe even five with Gaskin where you're only playing like at most two of these guys so that you do get somebody else in there as your third man or in your flex? Uh, not really. I'm playing so much wide receiver in flex that it's not going to matter that much, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm under on Madison and I'm under on Henry, right? I have a ton of Davis. I'm about even with the field of Montgomery. So my lineups based on how I build in lineup HQ with, I, I have like what, 84%, 82%, 84% wide receiver flex. So like, I'm not getting three chalk, right? Like none of my lineups, I, I don't think I'll have to go over them. None of my lineups will have, you know, three chalky guys. And especially since I'm playing some like expensive stacks that it's not going to be a Davis Madison Henry lineup. Like 
if anything, the Daniel Jones stacks may end up getting that, but still most likely since I'm under on other than Davis, the two seven K running backs I'm under on anyway. So I don't have to necessarily, I would consider doing a group like that, but I, I just don't have to since I'm under them. Yeah, and that's all how you set it up. You talked about a couple things there. If you guys go to build rules, nice thing about lineup HQ. Again, if you don't have access, go out and get it. But with flex exposure, you can set it up. I don't want any double tight end lineups. I actually want more wide receivers in the flex in large field GPPs just because typically three running back is the most common. I understand why. But in on a site like DraftKings with PPR, bonuses, all of that, full point PPR, I should say, bonuses, all of that, I like having a little bit more wide receiver then I do running back and you'll get naturally contrarian stacks and exposures just based on, on the setting it up that way, as Blender just said. And then, you know, another situation that he just mentioned was going under, you know, you can see the ownership right here in lineup HQ, you know, as whether it's exactly on or not, it's going to be very close. We, we have great ownership projections here. If you look at Madison at 35%, you could set a max to 20 and see how that shakes out. If you feel the same way on Henry, you could do the same thing. You could go max to 20 and you're going to be under because that's the most it's going to give you even if your projections love the play, it's not going to force you over. So um, let's talk about some other stuff here, man. We've got Miles Gaskin to round it out. You can give me your take. I know you mentioned him pre-show to me. And then just, you know, same as you did at quarterback. Give me some other spots that you like for large field and maybe some guys that are going overlooked in the space. On this slate, we have so many wide receivers that have ceilings. So many in the five, six, seven K range. This is why I'm playing a lot of wide receiver flex. In order to get access to a lot of these ceilings, to play like four guys, 5,500 and above, you know, you're going to need cheap running backs. You're not going to be able to play Madison Henry Davis. You're not going to be able to play. You play one of them, right? And then you still need a cheap, you need a cheap guy. I think Gaskins, I mean, Montgomery's chalk at 5,800. Then you got Gaskin. A lot of people are playing Fitzpatrick, Parker type of Dolphin stacks. I'm playing none of it. I'll play Gaskin instead. Uh, also, in the 6K range, Jonathan Taylor has the second highest yardage prop on the DK Sportsbook today, higher than Madison's. The Cincinnati run defense sucks. So this could be a Jonathan Taylor game. Wilkins is active, but who knows how much he's going to play. I think at about 15% ownership, I think that's about efficient. So I'm mixing in some Jonathan Taylor. He's not a cheap running back, but he's a, a little off the board. Same thing for like James Robinson. These are like slightly off the board. I don't think they're the optimal plays, but they could get there often enough in comparison to Henry or Madison or Davis failing. But on the cheap end, we have the Giants as as a favorite. Devontae, uh, Devontae Freeman is 4,900. He catches passes out of the backfield. When are we ever going to see the Giants as a favorite? He's 4,900. There's a cheap running back. Uh, Philip Lindsay, right, with no uh, with with no Melvin Gordon. I don't think I I I I think his ceiling is suspect. Like I don't think I'm going to win a GPP with 12 points out of Lindsay. So like yeah. I, I don't have that much of him. Uh, we got like David Johnson. If you're going to play a, a Tannehill stack and run it back with David Johnson, I think that's fine. Uh, Antonio Gibson on the other side of Giant stacks, I think that's fine. But here's the take of all takes, Tambo. Here's yeah, the hot one. It's a guy that I may have, I think I've played once ever in my DFS career. And when he was on Washington, I played him uh, on one of the weeks where they were happened to be favored or whatever. Oh my Stafford God. and Galladay are one of the chalkiest combinations on this slate. Okay. People are going, seeing that Lions total. This is a game that has, could be the slowest pace. The two slow pace teams. It's Matt Patricia 
Uh, it's a Jacksonville defense that they're getting two starters back in the, in the, in the passing game, in the, in the, in the secondary, right. Or the linebackers or whatever. Uh, the Lions have a, have a, have a, a three headed monster in the backfield, but uh, you know who leads it? Adrian Peterson. I just clicked him. I knew you were going to say this. Go ahead. He's what? 4,700. He has a rushing prop of 62. His rushing prop is higher than Montgomery, Gaskin, uh, higher than Gibson, higher than Freeman, higher than Lindsey, higher than David Johnson. It's the same as Ronald Jones. And yes, it, it could be DeAndre Swift day. You're right. It could be, it could be carry on Johnson coming in. You're, I, I'm not saying there's no risk here. It's Adrian Peterson for crying out loud, but to get maximum leverage, if I'm going to fade Galladay, if I'm going to have light on Galladay, if I'm light on Stafford, and I think the Lions still score 28 points, who says that Adrian Peterson doesn't have 100 yards and two touchdowns? And he's cheap. And it now yep. allows me to play Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, uh, Adam Thielen, all, you know, the, the, the 6 to 7K wide receivers that have 30-plus point upside. If I, could get, if I could get 18 points out of a 47 sub-5K running back, and get access to that. I, I, and it, and it's leverage off of the Lions' passing game. It's a low probability play. We have Adrian Peterson's projected ownership under one percent. Currently, I have him in fourteen percent of my lineups. I'm nuts. I'm absolutely nuts. But if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, hey, if I'm gonna have a quote take, it's not really a take. Adrian Peterson's gonna succeed more than one percent of the time. Okay, this is absolutely a take. Let me stop you for two seconds. This is absolutely a take. So keep going. I'm looking at numbers. Okay, let's go. This is Adrian Peterson. At Tambo, if if the Lions passing game was not chalky, I I would likely have zero Adrian Peterson. But if Galladay fails, like that's why I'm playing someone else on the Lions that succeeds when the Lions succeed, but Galladay and Stafford fail. So it has to be someone that doesn't catch passes. Who doesn't catch passes the most? Adrian Peterson. Right. No, and I can't, you know, like I said, from a leverage perspective, I just set it up. I, you know, I like the take. I think it's a, a good one as far as, you know, we've had some good hot takes on the show that have really panned out. This could be another I'm not one. I'm saying just, he's going to do well. I think he's going to fail. I think there's a low probability play. That's the difference, large Tampa, between a take and just playing the strategy of the game. It's like, I know this is a low probability, but if it works, <laughs> I have uh, so much leverage over so many lineups. I agree. I agree. So what I set up and just to show, you know, everyone out there, you know, some people already in the chat are talking about Swift and I, I don't disagree. It could be either of them. You know, I think most people, it's almost, you know, out thinking what the natural thought process of most is. Oh, I'm just going to go off Galladay and I'm going to go with Marvin Jones. This game's easy. And then neither of them do it. And the, and the Detroit runs in three touchdowns and AP has two of them. So I just set it up as an example, just to show people you can put 5% minimum on AP. Let's just see what he looks like in some lineups. If you like Swift, pop five on Swift as well. They're both around the same ownership. And then hop over to your groups, create a group, Swift and Peterson at most one. And then you can see what you like in your lineups when you build them out. And if you get one with them, I know you've talked about this in the past. I do this. I build by quarterback. So when I'm seeing, you know, 12 Aaron Rodgers lineups, let's see what that 5% AP looks like in those lineups or what the Swift looks like in those lineups and make my choice that way and then use this feature to be able to save my lineups under my lineups, which we'll get to at the end. So I don't hate it. It's the way you play the game. Like you said, some people forget this at times, this guy versus that guy, who's going to win play to win the game. Someone said that once, right? You play to win the game. 
So I, I like it, man. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to roll that out for a few lineups now because it was Will Priester just a couple weeks ago on here with me with the hot take, uh, you know, that he said he had a hot take. Followed through as Amari Cooper's biggest game in a very long time, and it, and it came true. So I expect AP all day to put up at least two touchdowns here. And you know what else that that just made me think of? Again, taking you know some of these thought processes and moving them to the next level. I also don't mind going with something like the Detroit defense against Minshew, because like you say, it could be a spot where that happens. And Okuda has looked really good. Obviously, that's their big pick pick up in the in the draft this year. And if he can get some stops on a guy like Minshew who can absolutely make some mistakes that could lead to some more short field yardage that could lead to some more of these touchdowns for these running backs for the, for the um, lions. And, and then also uh, setting up the game flow to be completely opposite of what people are expecting right now, which is again, how you leverage yourself and vault yourself in front of all of these lineups that have Stafford and Galladay. So love that. Let, let's move on to wide receiver. With that said, head up to the chalk there. Talk about it, how we're going to get around it, maybe some rules we can set here. For me, I'll tell you off the top, I don't know if you love, hate this rule or how much you have of either of these guys, but I'm setting up a rule of at most one Kenny Galladay and A.J. Brown. I think they're just going to be in way too many lineups. They're the quote-unquote cash game locks. People are looking on how to use those in their GPP lineups and add different pieces around it, and I just don't want both of those guys in the same lineup. Do you have any thoughts on that, first off? And then what about, you know, everyone wants your Claypool take? you know, some of these other guys in this chalky range up here. So give me your thoughts. My GPP style tends to go under on chalk. So I, I'm less likely to need to make those groups. If you're going over True. on chalk, then you want to make so that you don't have Brown and Galladay and, and Claypool and whoever in the, in the same lineups together as much because you're playing more chalk in those lineups. But I'm under on, I'm playing every leverage play imaginable on this slate ever you you think of a leverage play i got it okay i'm playing 120 lineups i'm under on brown under on claypool i'm way under on galladay to the point of stupidity uh i'm playing everyone in that range or the negatively correlated players of those players that's who i got so like Thielen, i'm under also Thielen's gonna be chalky i'm under on Thielen, over on jefferson Right. I'm uh, uh, in the 7K range. Like, like people are going to play Thielen. I got Robinson. I got Devontae Adams in that range. I got Ridley. I got, hey, in the, in the, in the 5K, that Claypool range, I got Brandon Cooks. I got T.Y. Hilton. I got Darius Slayton. Right. In that Claypool 50, low 5,000 range. In the mid, in the A.J. Brown range, I got a ton of Terry McLaurin, but Bradbury coverage. He, he's been facing the best cornerbacks. Look at his past five matchups. They've yeah. all been good. He's put up 200 yard games in those kids. I don't care about the corner, the cornerback matchups. If Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin is not going to come in like a single digit on, but he'll be under on based on, on, on the quote matchup. So I'll play him. So a Godwin at 6,400. Off of Galladay at sixty two hundred, Robbie Anderson at sixty three hundred. That's a pivot off of off of Galladay. So like I'm playing them all. Julio Jones, he's not even on the injury report. He's in a dome. He's, he's single digit owned at under seven k. If Julio went out and put up twelve for one eighty in a touchdown, would you be shocked? No, I wouldn't. Oh, not at all. It's Julio Jones. Play so why not play sure. him? Yeah, there's a lot of guys in here that you can use. And like I said, just look at these ownerships. I, I sorted it by price now. We know who the chalk is, went through it, sorted that at the top. But you look at it, like you said, 13 on Adams, you'll get 20%. That, that's sort of my thought is this is going to be I the got spot. 33% Tampa. I'm going heavy. 
Exactly. This is my minimum, right? That's what I'm saying. That's why I love lineup HQ. You can set it up for this. We'll be able to play around with it. But you know, the thought process is how is this guy only going to be 13% owned when there's really so many options that we just went through at cheap running backs that you can use. And you don't just have to go feeling here. Another guy I like is Allen Robinson. You talked about earlier with the full stack, but just the amount of work that he's been getting. And now the setup of, of this matchup, I think it's again, right there. Perfect spot to get off a of Thielen, have a little pivot play. Uh, you mentioned Evans, Godwin. Evans, the conversation is around matchup as well. I'm with you on the, the McLaurin take around the Bradbury coverage. I just don't care about these coverages because they don't necessarily stick with them the entire game. When people post out the tweet and says, but wait, Bradbury did this the last three times. That's a sample size of three. Thank you. I don't care. Uh, Terry McLaurin is you know, definitely one of the top wide receivers, I think, as far as you know, top 20 in the league. And, and he's fits that mold. And when you're going to have a guy like him, that's why I got the conviction play on him. 5.7K, he's getting ownership. Don't get me wrong. There's other guys around him, but I think that also could come down a little bit with, like I said, some of the takes I've seen late in the week. So I'll make sure I've got enough of them. What's your percentage on on Scary Terry here, or F1, as they like to call him right now? What have you got over the 16%? Okay, I got I got, uh, I got got six, seven wide receivers over 18% exposed. Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson, 18%. Slayton, 18%. Godwin, 20%. Jefferson, 24%. Allen Robinson, 24%. You know, Allen Robinson has the most targets in the entire league. And he's yeah, going to come insane. in at single-digit ownership. That seems so stupid to me. I got 26% Terry McLaurin, okay? And 33% Devontae Adams. If uh, uh, This is how you win GPPs. Like, you got to be, if, I, if I'm going to be under on Brown, I got to be over on McLaurin. I mean, like, just, these are the things that you have to do. They may be slightly lower probability occurrences. I'm not getting a take that McLaurin's going to beat out A.J. Brown today. But uh, uh, but A.J. Brown's 28% projected owned. Terry McLaurin's 16% projected owned. So that's nearly a two-to-one. Nearly a two-to-one. So did do, do I think A.J. Brown beats out Terry McLaurin here at more than two-to-one? No, I don't, right? Maybe 1.2-to-one. But because of that, I'm get, that's where I'm getting my expected value from. So like, that, that that's all I'm doing by, by playing by playing this game. That's why I'm, I have this heavy exposure to these these leverage plays versus playing AJ Brown and Galladay. I still have those guys. I still have six percent Kenny Galladay, but he's only in my Stafford lineups, and it, it, all the other spots have to have to be leveraged. It can't just be chalk. I'm not playing line. I'm not playing. Galladay, Brown, Tannehill, Stafford stack and running it back with the dead Derrick Henry. I'm not, I'm not playing those lineups, but I can still play those players in contrarian lineups. Derrick Henry probably is in my Daniel Jones lineups, right? AJ Brown is probably in my, my Bears stacks, you know, things like that. So you can still make lineups with chalk players. You just need to know in those lineups, you have to get different elsewhere. And then in the lineups that you make contrarian, you could play, you could, you could do vice versa. So like, it's not a thing of, do you play one guy over the other? It's for this lineup in this contest, what makes the most sense to give me the highest first place win equity that I possibly could get. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And I think too, the other thing is, you know, I like to talk a little bit about secondary stacks here, because this is sort of where you start to pick it up. We talked about it on the show we did earlier in the season when you're using lineup HQ and you're going through setting up under stacks, under your quick stacks, even if you're doing a secondary stack, I like using wide receiver opposite of another pass catcher, right? You can use it in the same game. You can use a running back with a wide receiver. There's a, there's a lot of ways to do it. And I'll set it up to have a mixture of both. And like I said, I sort of virtually hand build because I'm, I'm making them happen. 
with my with the tool. And then when I get to my lineups, I'm saving the ones I like within the quarterback sets. But if you look at this, you know, uh, I mentioned the Allen Robinson one with the Mike Davis. It's an expensive one, but I think it's a one that could work. There's always other Chicago guys you could go down to. Um, who else did I have here? I want to talk about, Oh, Odell Beckham didn't mention this, but, uh, Fulgham last week goes out and gets all those balls. That's sort of the, the role that you would see with Beckham out there can catch 10, 12 balls, no problem. And then do something with it. And you could use someone like Ebron at, at the tight end across from, you could use James Connor, who we didn't even mention as a contrarian running back. This is just another one that I thought of that you could go out there and get. Uh, and then the other one I like, and I'll let you open up to you for a few, but uh, Jamison Crowder, and this is again where games where I don't really necessarily want to stack them up or have the full game stack or something. Jamison Crowder is doing, you know, sort of Allen Robinson like levels of, you know, targets, catches. It's all easy, short A dot stuff that he takes. And if you look, this is game log hunting, but I, I get it. But look at this eight for 10, seven for eight, seven for 13. Like this is the style for a guy like him. And you mentioned Gaskin and getting off of that passing game over there. This to me is a natural secondary stack with very little ownership associated to it for a guy like Gaskin, who's got some ownership, but not enough to worry about, especially in something like this. So any thoughts on secondary stacks that you're liking from this range or, or just from wide receivers in general? Right. So secondary stacks, I try at, if I can to go up and down at secondary stacks. So like, I, like I, I'm not a big fan of playing like two seven K wide receivers against each other. Cause you're just right. spending so much money. You might as well have the quarterback, of either team in the lineup. So I look for ways to like Devonte Freeman is a cheap running back. Well, McLaurin is the sec is the correlation on the other side. It's if a good I'm one playing, there, yeah. uh, if I'm playing a Tannehill stack and I want to play Fuller as the run back, I want to play him with Humphreys because Humphreys is the 4k wide receiver, not the $5,600 wide receiver. But in AJ Brown stacks, I play Brandon cooks as the run back because cooks is, is 1800 less than Fuller. So kind kind of, keep those correlations manageable from a, a an expense standpoint. Because once the expense goes up and you don't have the quarterback, you might as well have the quarterback. Because the only way that both those guys get ceilings is probably because the quarterback had a big game also to get there. So that's why, like, uh, like if I'm I'm not playing Thielen plus Ridley without yeah, having... I was just going to go to that Ryan. one as an example, or even go to the chalk for a second, Madison. And then people say, well, I'll just take Ridley with Madison. And what they're forgetting is like you said, these guys have high price totals with them already that for them to hit their ceiling, like if Ridley has a ceiling game, doesn't Matt Ryan just go off? So why wouldn't you add Matt Ryan to that stack? And then at least it's a two plus one that's expensive. Kind of like what we talked about earlier with Rogers and Adams, but I think that goes overlooked. And I like the secondary stack of even a wide receiver, wide receiver, but you mentioned a good one. Why not Fuller? and Humphreys that's not doesn't mean that the quarterbacks went off but those guys could both have really great games to round out another nice stack within your lineup that you've got as a good game stack or a good three one or two one that you can afford because that's cheap enough to make it happen but still correlated to have less things need to go your way ideas like it's a parlay right if you only got three if you got three correlated items in your lineup you need three things to happen typically versus needing nine different random plays. And that's why, you know, last year when the guy won the Millie Maker with every play was 1% owned, not quite, I'm exaggerating, but everyone was a big conversation around that is almost like too unique in a sense, even though it's hard to say he won the million bucks, but we're just saying it needed a lot more to go right than what the way we're typically building need to happen to get to the top of the field, right? Right. It's like that he, he built a lineup that had a 2 million to one shot that won. 
But you don't have to build a lineup that has a two million to one shot. You can build a lineup that just has a million to one shot. It's like it's, we're talking a little bit semantics here, but it, it doesn't mean that you need all single digit owned players. Like like I said, I'm playing a ton of Mike Davis. I'm playing a, I'm playing a ton of the chalky guys. I'm still playing. Uh, I still have. Uh, I'm looking down at my ownership. I still have fourteen percent AJ Brown, which is still half half of what he's projected to be owned because he's because he's a good. The reason why he's high owned is because. For 5,600, he's a good play. He projects extremely well. So it doesn't doesn't mean I'm Xing these guys out. But a guy like T.Y. Hilton, I know he's dusty. And then you have Chase Claypool with one one game wonder. Like, if Chase Claypool is going to be four times more owned than T.Y. Hilton, like, I'll just, it's it's plus EV to just play Hilton in that spot if it's in a vacuum. And then if I'm playing Hilton on one side, I can play Tyler Boyd or Higgins on the other side, and I correlate. Or if I'm playing Jonathan Taylor, I can play one of the Bengals wide receivers. That game is going overlooked, but probably rightfully so. But like you said, I'm trying to I'm trying to not make it so I need to get nine separate things right. That yeah. I need to get five. I need to get four or five separate things right. And if those break for me, I have a good chance at a six, seven-figure payday. Yeah, and I like that one you mentioned at the end too. Taylor Higgins would be an example of one that could absolutely work. If Taylor gets there in the run game this week, Cincinnati's not great against the run, has some linebackers out. It's a situation I know Wilkins is in, like you mentioned, but at the same time, if he can get there and finally have his big game, you could see Higgins for cheaper on the other side as a nice bring back. And you don't need your burrow or anything to do with Phillip Rivers. Uh, nothing with that makes sense. So you wouldn't need to go there. And that would be an, you know, absolutely a nice secondary stack you could have. We got about 10 minutes left here. Talk a little bit about the tight end. We talked already some about the tools. We're not going to get into every group and every build rule on this. That's not what this show is about. Want to show the tool off some ways that we use it and get to that. But uh, talk to me about the tight ends because the, you know, the chalk is the cheap tight ends, right? You look at it. It's Jonu Smith, who's not cheap. He's in the mid range, but Irv Smith at 2.5 K. I like to play quite a bit. It's still, you know, it's only 12%, but I, like I said, I will have enough, much more of, you know, the field of a guy like Mark Andrews to change the natural construction. So what's what's your thoughts here? We've got 10 minutes to go. Tight end is garbage. Tight yeah. end, if if no tight end puts up an outlier result, tight end's not going to matter on the slate. Okay, that's why people are going down for cheap tight ends. Like we don't get a 20 plus point game out of a tight end. Any tight end could win, right? Mm-hmm. If you, you could win with a two point tight end. You could win with a zero point. You could essentially zero with the zero even. So like I'm, the tight end is whatever fits. Like I'm literally going with whatever fits. I think uh, the best as far as upside versus ownership, I think the two tight ends in the Brown Steelers game, because people are going to play Irv Smith and it's going to correlate with their, their Viking stacks. And I, I'm playing, I'm playing plenty of Irv Smith. He's minimum price. So why the hell not? Cause I'm playing a ton of that passing game, right? So if I'm playing a ton of Ryan and a ton of cousins, it makes sense that I'm playing a ton of Irv Smith. Uh, Trey Burton's going to be somewhat popular at at, at 3,100. But, like, I'm not playing that much Titans, so I'm under on Jonu Smith. But Hooper and Ebron both have high touchdown equity. Hooper's gotten 10 and 7 targets the past two games. It's pretty crazy. Ebron is natural kind of leverage off of Claypool, right? Because maybe the targets go Ebron's way. And it's at a tight end position that's weak. They're not expensive. They're in the 3,900 and 4,100. So they're like right in that middle range between Jonu Smith and Mark Andrews and those guys versus the really cheap punt guys that maybe Hooper or Ebron is someone that comes down with the six for 60 and a touchdown. 
six for 60 and a touchdown is is 18 points. It that could be huge on this slate, like position. you mentioned. Absolutely, yeah. This this position is garbage, as you mentioned this week. I, I think, like you said, that's why I also don't mind getting over. I know it's you know normally say, oh, cheap value tight end like that. That sucks. But because you you see it, I see it. Everyone's mentioned it. You know the fact that tight end is so horrible, and we like some of these stuff. I know someone said we didn't talk. We we did talk about Green Bay and Tampa Bay. We were all over it. We talked about being you know overweight on Adams. Evans, Godwin, uh, you know, uh, um, Rogers as well. Maybe even Brady, if you want to get there. So I just think that's the whole point is if you're getting these other expensive plays in your lineup, Irv Smith is the best cheap tight end that doesn't have a chance to put up a zero. He, he could put up five or six. Yeah, that wouldn't be ideal. And that would be considered a bust, but maybe that's enough if the other guys don't do it. And we'll have, you know, even if you've got 20% Irv Smith, 80% of your lineups are going to have a different route of, you know, guys in their lineups that you like you mentioned. So uh, Mark Andrews, uh, Eric Ebron, Hooper. I mentioned Tanyan. I like him for those sacks. I just, again, I think it's a guy no one's going to go back to. And he's not, I'm not trying to tell you he's going to catch another three touchdowns. I'm saying I don't necessarily just think it was a one game thing. I, Rogers does go back to guys that he trusts. It might be six catches for 60 and a touchdown. But as you just said, that's pretty valuable on this slate, on this slate at this tight end position. So I don't mind that. Ingram, we mentioned earlier. I think that's a fine play. What's your thoughts, though, on Hawkinson? I know we already talked about the AP leverage and that and that situation there, but just because he's not even getting much ownership, you got zero. I was going to say, the only way I might use him, and I, I get your perspective, the only way I might use him, though, is to go with uh, leave the other guys out. So like, if you wanted to do it, I'm just saying this would be another way that you could do it, is you could say, you know, if you're going to have Stafford in your builds, and I know people are, so that's why I'm hitting to this, you can go with your Marv Jones, and you can go with your Galladay, and you could say at most one. Again, everyone's doing three ones now. Everyone's doing one and one, and they're using, okay, I'm not going to use Galladay. I'm going to use Jones. I'm just saying at 5% ownership on Hawkinson, build your Stafford lineup, see what you like, and this would be a way to do it where you'd get some Hawkinson lineups with just Stafford and then see what it looks like on the other side. Maybe it's a Stafford, Robinson, Hawkinson, that's a pretty nice little mini stack. If you really think that game has a shot, I know we've talked about that. It's not really about what we think, but about how you want to build and be, you know, what your thoughts are and how you're doing it. I think that's the way you could go about it. Um, one more, someone mentioned it, just going back a notch. Donnie Watson, love this guy. He's always in here. Appreciate the support. Uh, Demir Bird and Philip Lindsay is an absolute amazing secondary stack, in my opinion. Uh, Blender nailed it earlier. Again, people overthink this stuff and, and they, maybe not overthink. I shouldn't say that's the wrong word. They don't think enough about this stuff where we talked about like the ceiling perspective. That is a $3,500 receiver at a $4,300 running back that absolutely can both get there in the same game that you probably don't want lock. And you might want to put Cam Newton in it. You could imagine what that would free up and how much chalk you could plug in that you think is good chalk like Davis, Madison, all these other guys. I'm fine with that. So uh, five more minutes. I know I'm shrugging. I'm fine with that in concept. It's just not a direction that I'm personally going. Right, exactly. And, and again, play whoever you want. That's why we got Blender on here. At least it makes sense. And from the perspective of everything we just talked about and you know the, the idea behind it, I think it's still a fine secondary stack because it's not one that's going to be common. It should naturally set your lineup unique and apart. And if you want to complete it, I think Cam Newton is a guy we didn't talk a lot about, but you could go back here, You know, 5% ownership, just the rush attempts alone, you know, if he is healthy and back off everything, it was just, you know, positive testing with COVID, he's, he's playing. That's all I know. 
And at 5% on a slate with none of those quarterbacks who we talked about earlier, no Mahomes, no Russ, no Dak, no anybody, Josh Allen, these guys, Cam could be the guy that, that breaks the slate too. And that would be a crazy little mini stack you could have in there. So anything out, uh, anything else, Blender, at tight end? And then if not, sort of just final thoughts on, on everything that you're putting together here. Oh, I'm surprised we don't go over defense. <laughs> we, we can. We've got the time. Oh, don't go over defense. Here. Defense doesn't matter. Oh, my That's God. Right. Who cares about defense? Here's the things that I do in lineup HQ for defense. Yep. One, uh, I make sure that every defense in my pool, I pretty much have all the defenses. I set a minimum at two and a maximum at 10. So it's like I can't get more than 10% of a defense. I okay. set up a third correlation with a running back defense. Then it's not in 100% of my lineups. I put it at like 30%. So 30% of my lineups have a running back defense correlation. It's not the strongest of correlations because ceilings are more based on pick sixes and stuff like that. Uh, And then obviously I have zero uh, offense versus defense. On a large slate, it makes sense to be zero. Shorter slates, you could do one, two. You could do stuff like that. But another thing that I do, any big play wide receiver, like high price wide receiver, I make a zero against the defense. So if I'm going to play Allen Robinson, I'm not going to play Allen Robinson and the bears defense, right? Because right. typically, because typically you want more passing. So more passing means that both teams are giving up points, right? It doesn't necessarily, it could be in a pick six. It's, it's a very light negative correlation, very light. It, but when you're, when you're playing large field contest, you want to eliminate as much negative correlation as you possibly can. So even like a minus 0.1, like I'm just going to get rid of. So all of the receivers, I typically don't play. If I'm playing T.Y. Hilton, I'm not playing the Colts defense with them. If I'm playing, uh, if I'm playing Galladay, I'm not playing the Lions defense with them. I'll play with the running back. I'll play it, the defense with no one else in the lineup, you know, just a random, de- you know, Steelers defense, but there's no no one else from that game in, yeah. in the lineup. So that that's the only thing I could say about defense. But other than that, there's no, there's no picks on defense to any anything could happen any any random thing could happen it's too hard to predict shows up yeah and and if you guys get on with the core four you're going to want to probably then add on the blitz the blitz has defensive agnostic where you could see it sets everything to 2.5 as far as the points per dollar and i know blender you like this it was even in the blitz breakdown of the article of what that means and how you would use that and the idea is simply that you know i cap my defenses at 15 usually as a max because sometimes there is backup quarterback situation but even then it's not a lock that that defense is going to get you know someone mentioned Ravens getting a bunch of points it happens for sure but you don't know that's going to happen before the game starts you may have an idea and if that's your process and you think that's how you want to go by all means you can go set it up and say minimum if this week you love one of these expensive D's and you say okay it's going to be the Patriots this week against Drew Locke coming back off injury and you want that Set them up to whatever you want. Make the minimum percentage 15, 20. You can do that if that's your idea. We're just saying that because it's very hard to predict and it's highly variable, it, the idea is maybe, okay, pick 8 to 10 that you like or whatever your choice or process is, go with it. But you don't have to get crazy and go all in on a defense unless there's something you want to do. That's risk versus reward. So I'm with you on that. Rapid fire, 30 seconds. You know, Someone mentioned the bird and Judy. As a, as a secondary stack, I wouldn't mind that either. Again, both cheap, no offense out for them. There, there's all kinds of ways you could go. Uh, anything else, Blender, before we get out of here? Otherwise, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, if Adrian Peterson gets into the end zone, you know I'm celebrating. Post it on Twitter. Tag me. Tag everyone. I want to I see that stuff. We had some I'm not, I'm not calling it, though. It's not something I'm calling. It's unlikely to happen. But if it happens, I got <laughs> plenty of lineups that could win. 
Okay. And that's good. So no victory lapping. He says, we'll, we'll find out and see how that looks. I'm definitely going to have some AP after that conversation. Thank you again, Blender, for coming on with me, man. I appreciate it. Obviously got some work-life balance. You know, I'm doing golf Monday to Wednesday, football Thursday to Sunday, I'm doing a show every day. So, uh, you know, eventually I'll get back on with you on that Monday night football show. I'd love to have that spot back. It's just busy, busy times right now. I appreciate you hopping on with me here. For those of you that don't follow me, check me out on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Find both Blender and I in the Discord. Blender's on Twitter as well. You guys know where to find them. Other than that, thank you and good luck. Bar six of my favorite plays for week six, including my favorite game stack of the weekend. What tight end am I going back to after disappointing people in week five? And a running back, I think, is in a tremendous spot here. Who are we talking about? Belly up to the fantasy bar and find out. Welcome in, guys. Week six edition beers daily fantasy six pack back here once again in the fantasy bar. Giving you six guys fresh off the tap, covering both FanDuel and DraftKings. Again, we'll talk some stacks. We'll try to find some value. Where are we spending money? Looks like a fun slate of games. Now, before we look at week six, let's take a look back at week five and decent week. You know, we had some good hits with that Houston connection. Brandon Cooks definitely got it done for us. Going back to the well there, but a little disappointed. And guys like Dalton Schultz basically gave us nothing. Uh, James Robinson was disappointing, but the receivers were good to us. All in all, a decent week, but we can do better. So let's do just that here in week six. Before we talk about this week's plays, guys, do me a favor. If you're on YouTube, take a second. Click that thumbs up button. Really helps us out. Means a lot to me. That's the tip jar here. As I always say in the fantasy bar, make sure you do that. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Get notified when all the videos are coming out. All right, let's talk week six. Let's start. At the tight end position, like I mentioned, a guy I want to go back to this week, Evan Ingram of the Giants. So Ingram disappointed last week. Kind of the chalky tight end. Everybody was on the Giants last week. Really disappointed. Had that rushing touchdown, which kind of salvages day a little bit. But we know tight end has been an absolute disaster so far this season. If you haven't been spending up each and every week, you've probably been let down here. So let's go to the mid-range here and roll with Evan Ingram. Now, that Washington defense, very good against the run. But kind of suspect against the pass here. So I'm expecting more success. I know this team should have got it done against Dallas last week. But against Washington, fifth most fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. And those two targets last week, I'm going to throw that out. Coming in games before that, averaged almost eight targets per game. Expecting a bounce back here. Expecting the ownership to take a big hit off of a highly owned week five. Get Evan Ingram in those week six lineups. All right, let's spend some money at the wide receiver position. In fact, we're going to go all the way up to the top, go with Devontae Adams of the Packers. Now, we haven't seen Devontae in a while. Since week two, kind of ho-hum after that huge week one where he saw 17 targets, but 
has had a few weeks to get right, had the bye week, so they sat him out before that. So I'm expecting 100% Devontae Adams here. Now let's talk Packers offense. They lost Alan Lazard, Bob Tanyan, great story, those three touchdowns in that game. But we know Devontae Adams is going to command a ton of targets, especially in a game like this against Tampa Bay, who has been torched by wide receivers, giving up a league-high 71% completion rate to wide receivers. We know they are very good against the run. Been all right against the pass. The numbers say they've been good, but they have not faced an offense as potent as this Green Bay offense. We see that in the team totals here. Vegas has this projected as an absolute shootout. In fact, Green Bay, one of the highest team totals on this slate at over 28 points. Pay the price. There's plenty of value here. We'll give you some more cheaper guys. But Devontae Adams definitely will be a core piece for me here in week six. All right, let's go to running back position. We're going to go right back to the well, a la Brandon Cooks last week with James Robinson of the Jaguars. So same rationale here. The matchup might be even better than it was last week. And really wasn't a huge disappointment, but we expected more out of Robinson. But what has been there have been the touches, 17 or more touches now in every single game this season. I mentioned it last week. He's basically Leonard Fournette without the name value of Leonard Fournette. And those prices still under 7,000 on goal sites here. And let's look at this matchup against the Lions. Third most fantasy points allowed to this position so far this season. Running backs have been an absolute lock and load against this Lions defense. Let's not change things. Another game with a huge total here. I think people will be all over the Jaguars passing game. I'm okay with that as well. But let's not forget how good James Robinson has been. The workload will be there and the matchup about as good as it gets here against the Detroit Lions. All right, I really like that game. Let's go to the other side and go with quarterback Matthew Stafford. So Stafford been somewhat quiet compared to the end of last season where he's putting up gaudy numbers. But when you dig in this season, been solid. I mean, we're talking about multiple touchdown passes in each of the last three games. Hell, you got a guy like Daniel Jones who's thrown a touchdown in a month. We hope that changes here with Evan Ingram. But back to Stafford, the Lions massive team total here on this slate. We mentioned that Green Bay total. Detroit's even higher here, closing in on a team total of 30. And this is the premier matchup for a quarterback. The Jaguars dead last in DVOA against the pass. Second most fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. They have not slowed anybody down. We have gone to this matchup many times. We did it last week with Deshaun Watson, who hit a home run. And I think Matthew Stafford does the same thing here. Great matchup here against this terrible Jacksonville pass defense. All right, we like Stafford. Who do we pair him up with? Oh, Kenny Galladay, too easy. We're going to go to Marvin Jones Jr., our next play here in the six-pack. So Jones been kind of quiet this season, especially that last game. He had the bye week, so kind of out of sight, out of mind here with Marvin Jones. Well, let's not forget about the ceiling this guy brings to the table. We've seen many a massive GPP winning games out of Marvin Jones, and you're going to get that ceiling at a very low ownership. I'm not ready to write this guy off yet. Still playing a ton of snaps. In fact, 95% of snaps so far this season. Yes, the numbers dipped when Kenny Galladay returned to the lineup. I understand that, but these two have been able to coexist over the years. I don't think that's a massive hindrance here. I think the Lions are going to be able to do whatever they want. And if people go with Stafford, who definitely is going to have some ownership, the first pairing they're going to go with is Kenny Galladay. So cash games, sure, I'm all about that. I will have some Kenny Galladay in tournament. But the leverage to go to Marvin Jones Jr. at a fraction of the ownership you're going to get Kenny Galladay is the way to go here in tournaments or hell. Even double stack both of them 
The point is, it's nice leverage, it's low ownership, it's a big ceiling, it's a terrible secondary. Add it all up, Marvin Jones Jr., a phenomenal play here in week six. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for week six. But as always, before we get into that, guys, we're going to continue our Beast of the Week contest. Free to play. A thank you to you guys for watching the video, hanging out in the Fantasy Bar. All you got to do, get in the comment section right below the video. We'll go with FanDuel this week. So guess FanDuel points for my Beast of the Week. Closest guests will win themselves a free week of Roto-Grinders Premium. A chance to check everything out or a free Roto-Grinders t-shirt. All right, without further ado, let's take a look at my favorite play for week six. No match, the Beast the week. All right, beast time. We're going to go to running back position. We're going to go with Derrick Henry, my favorite play this week and this week's beast of the week. So when looking at the pricing here, that's the first thing that really jumped off the page for Derrick Henry. FanDuel, 9,000, probably where he should be. That may scare people off. So that could lower the ownership there. Anytime you can pay more than people want to pay for a guy, and he plays very well to that FanDuel scoring system with touchdowns being so heavy. But 7,300 on DraftKings, lowest price this season. Hell, lowest price I can remember in quite some time. And I know he doesn't do a ton in the passing game, but at that price, I don't care. This guy's given us multiple touchdowns in each of the last two games. We saw him stiff arm Josh Norman straight to hell, right through the turf. So look for him to have another big game here against the Houston Texans, fifth most fantasy points allowed to the running back position. And the last time he faced this team, went over 200 yards rushing and had three touchdowns in that game. Derrick Henry starting to get it going here. This Tennessee offense looked electric the other night against Buffalo, and I'm expecting the same here in a big game out of Derrick Henry, making him easily my favorite play for week six and this week's beast of the week. All right, guys, that wraps up here in the Fantasy Bar for week six. As always, any comments, questions, feedback, hit that comment section right below the video. Don't forget, fantasy points for Derrick Henry on FanDuel for your chance at some RG Premium. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, guys. Thank you for that. Make sure you subscribe. You can also head over to Twitter and follow me over there at BeermakersFan. For Rotogrinders.com, I am Beer saying salut, guys. Best of luck here this week, and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Crunch Time. It is NFL edition, which is probably the most fun sport there is to play. Uh, and we are joined by a couple NFL superstars. We have one, Miss Christy Metzger. Christy, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm ready for another Sunday, another great slate, and happy to be here. Well, we are pumped to have you. And we also have Mr. Tuttle. What's up, man? How are you doing? Doing all right. Laughing a little bit because I just got a text back from my buddy who uh, asked me for some... Uh 
for some betting picks and I gave him the bears in Washington to win straight up. And he's not liking <laughs> that sweat. He's like yeah, two of the uh, worst teams in football that you're going to have to sweat on. But I, I think both those teams are actually going to pull off the, the small upsets today. Uh, yeah. Well, Washington is terrible, but they're playing the giants, right? Yeah. And boy, I watch every giants game and let me tell you that team sucks. Um, I, I can say that as a fan. Uh, by the way, if you guys didn't know, we have our FanDuel single entry series going on. Christy, repping the hat. Tuttle, repping the tag over here. I'm the only company man who's actually wearing a Roto Riders <laughs> gear. Uh, but the uh, the single entry series uh, that we're running is full. You missed out. You can't do it this week. It's already full, but it continues. We're going to do it next week as well, so be sure to get in on that. Also, if you're not a premium member, now is not just as good a time as any to sign up. It's a great time to sign up because you get a deal uh, we're running a promo for you. So go ahead, sign up. You get expert advice from a whole like squadron of, of experts. And we have the best tools in the business as well, like Lineup HQ. With that out of the way, let's get to some content. I will start with some weather. I don't think there's anything too alarming. I code it green, yellow, orange, red. I've got a few games as yellow, no orange, no reds. Um, it's probably going to rain in Tennessee for the majority of the game. I don't think... Derrick Henry minds. I, I think he's going to be okay with that. Um, and it's a little bit windy in Miami and Jacksonville. We could see some rain in Miami and, and Tampa. I don't think it's a lock. Uh, I don't think any of that is enough to, to fade or worry about. So I did not bet any unders and I'm playing DFS and I did not fade any of those games for the weather. So that's where I'm at with weather. With that, let's move on to some takes. And I kind of want to start with a hot take because Tuttle before the show said, oh, I have gosh. a, I have a hot take and it's so bad, but I have to say it. You're going to so make I me think, lead with this. I think, no, should I, should we not lead with that? I mean, what, what position is it? I mean, if, if it misses, I'm losing probably just as much money as anybody else that is going to play it. So, so it, you're it's playing. running, you're not, it's you're not just like one in a hundred. No, this is my, I have it in my main, main GPP lineup on fan or on DraftKings right now. Look, everybody knows who the studs are. We want to know like what your take is. You're standing behind it. So this is this is my take. new terrible take too cuz on the Swellcast I always give a terrible take and it's so hard to do cuz it's always on a Wednesday. Right. So it's like no, it's it's hard to get stands and take stands that early in the week. My my terrible take on Wednesday was Irv Smith and I actually do have Irv Smith in this lineup as well. But he's going to be fairly high owned just cuz he's so cheap on DraftKings. Right. The guy that is going to see no ownership on that I currently have in my lineup and it's terrible. It's truly terrible, and it pains me to say it. Damian Harris um, at 5K on DraftKings, currently projected 2% ownership on DraftKings, 1% on FanDuel and Yahoo. He's actually a better FanDuel play than DraftKings play uh, just because you don't get PPR on uh, FanDuel, and he's not going to catch many passes. But I think he's got a 100-yard game in him, maybe an in, uh, a touchdown or two, which should be enough to push him over the edge. So yeah, Damien okay. Harris with the the Patriots correlation defensive play is my terrible take of the week. And this is that you're doing this just in tournaments, I assume. This is not a cash yes, play. Yes, that is not a cash play. Yeah. You do not want to play Damien Harris in cash games, but uh I currently have him in my main GPP lineup on DraftKings and hey, I'm proud of you. Is. I'm proud of you standing behind that, just right off the show, leading with that. I watched Christie's face as you said it, and it was like, <laughs> it's I, it. anyway. I was surprised. I didn't know where you were going with this. Yeah, it's out of nowhere. Nobody has this take either, which I, I, actually I, makes me like it more. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I would have never guessed that one. 
Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Uh, Christy, since we're on the topic, do you have a take or a play? It doesn't have to be hot. It doesn't have to be terrible. Just like uh, I stand behind this with my mind and my money take that we can kind of lead off with. And then we're going to run through the positions. We're going to take your questions in a bit as well. Yeah. Well, a guy that I, I'm, and I know he's going to be fairly popular because there's probably four or five running backs that are going to be fairly popular this week, but I really, I really like David Montgomery this week. I mean, he's one of my favorite plays. He makes a lot of things work, especially on FanDuel. And so he's probably one of my favorite plays on the week. Okay, excellent. This is a fun way to start it out. I kind of like that because I, I just feel like, you know, if we just go over the popular plays, people already know them. That's not as fun. But um, let's get into some of these, you know, not just the popular cash plays, but we'll do cash. And then I'll kick it over to the next one for tournament. But Christy, let's start with you. We'll go to quarterbacks. Um, you know, what are your cash locks? And then if you want to throw in a tournament take or two in there that, that you like, go with that as well. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different ways you can go at quarterback um, this week. Um, I really like Matthew Stafford. I think he makes a great play. I like that game a lot. Um, you know, especially on FanDuel, you get quite a bit of a discount. So I think he's a great play. Um, I also like Deshaun Watson quite a bit. I think he makes a very good cash game play. A um, couple other cash game op- options, I would say Fitzpatrick. Um, you could use Cam Newton. I think you could even use Aaron Rodgers in there. Um, those are some of the main plays. And then, you know, if you're looking for some good tournament options too, um, this is a guy I never play, but Kirk Cousins, just because the game environment is really, really good. Both he and Matt Ryan, I think, make very good tournament plays. Um, and then you could throw Lamar Jackson in there too, but I think those are kind of the the cash and GPP plays that I'm looking at this week. Okay. Kirk Cousins. You like that. Uh, <laughs> Tuttle, Tuttle, do you like that? Where are you looking? Yeah, I think she nailed most of the plays. Um, I think DraftKings is a little bit more interesting. Well, I guess both sides are pretty interesting in, in terms of cash games because, you know, the first three weeks or whatever, we had Kyler dominating the, the conversation. And then we had a couple weeks where it was also a little bit more obvious I don't think it's all that obvious this week, and it kind of just depends on how you're building. Um, I think in cash games, you're probably sitting in the Matthew Stafford range if you can on DraftKings. If you have to go down, then you're choosing between like Tannehill and, and Fitzpatrick. Of the two, I have Fitzpatrick ranked slightly higher, but I think that's essentially a coin flip uh, between the two. I would get up to Stafford if I if, if I could on, on DraftKings, though. Uh, similarly on FanDuel, I think if you're going cheap, I think uh, Stafford's the, the cash game option on FanDuel. Uh, but you can go up and pay for Lamar Jackson in cash games on FanDuel as well and and, li- and end up on a team that you still like. So I'm fine with L- Lamar Jackson. Uh, Christy mentioned him as a uh, tournament option. I think he's an awesome tournament option this week. You're never going to typically see ownership this low on Lamar Jackson, 8% on FanDuel, 5% on DraftKings is our projected ownership. And it's all because people don't think he's going to run the ball. If people think he's hurt. And I think that's getting overblown a little bit. We don't have a whole lot of, to indicate that, you know, they're, they're going to scale back as much as we saw last week, last week, he had two limited practices. I think it was one was because of the knee. One was because of, because of the illness. He's not on the injury report this week. Uh, chances are he's fully healthy right. and people are treating it that he's not fully healthy. Um, so I, I think there could be some edge there if you want to jam Lamar Jackson in, in tournaments or go overweight on him. I think this is probably the best by low spot you'll get uh, on him potentially all season. Okay, let's talk about some of those other running backs other than your hot take. Uh, Tuttle, you can run me through the cash, and then maybe if you have another tournament pivot or two. 
Yeah, cash game running backs are fairly obvious this week. Um, You will have to do a little bit of picking and choosing between them. The guy that I've actually been pretty surprised at, we do have him projected to be highly owned, but Christy came off and and mentioned uh, David Montgomery right on top of the show. People don't like him that much this week. Um, I mean, he's he, he is getting some love, and again, he's going to be high, heavily owned. But a lot of the people I'm talking to are just not playing him just because they've burned him in the past. He's not very good. He's not a good runner. He's not. I mean, that's he, he's not a good player. But we like volume. We like matchups. <laughs> he's going to get the volume. Uh, he's going to get the matchups there against Carolina. Uh, I think he's handled over 80% of the running back touches since Tariq Cohen went down a couple of weeks ago. Again, the matchup's one of the best you could ask for against Carolina. I'm not just trying to say he's going to be sneaky or whatever, but I think he's – I feel like he would typically be like a no-brainer play uh, at his price tag, and people aren't treating him uh, as that for whatever reason. The other high-owned option we have him projected is the highest-owned Alec- Alexander Madison with Dalvin Cook out. I've seen a lot of people say, hey, would, would you play Dalvin Cook at 7,200 against Atlanta? And that's basically their reasoning. Um I don't disagree with it. I mean, he's, he's a really, really good play. I do think there is some potential that Mike Boone gets a little bit more involved in the offense this week. So might want to scale back Alexander Madison projections a little bit, but even if you do so, he's still rating as one of the best running back options of the week. Uh, and then one more I'll talk on, and I'll let Christy clean up the rest. Derek Henry uh, at 7,300 on DraftKings, 9,000 on FanDuel. He's one of the more interesting decision points for me this week, just because I saw him play a Tuesday night football and he didn't play that much. Uh, he was only on the field for about 50% of the snaps, a little over 50% of the snaps, uh, which, you know, makes sense. They're coming off a long break. They wanted to kind of ease him back into the thing, but here's the thing. It's a short week now too. Are they going to do the same thing? If they do the same thing and he's only on the field for about 60% of the snaps, you're not going to get the Derrick Henry that you grew or, cut, or that we're used to from past years where he's getting close to 30 carries. Uh, that might not happen. So I'm a little bit more weary of him than I think most people, uh, but I still think he's a good play. And if he does get his, his full workload or go back to his full workload, then I think he's one of the best plays on the slate. I'm just a little bit hesitant to, to know if that's actually going to be the case or not. Okay, great. Christy, uh, give me your thoughts on Derrick Henry if you're playing him and then maybe some other tournament plays there at running back. Yeah, I definitely see, you know, Tuttle's point uh, with Henry. You know, one of the reasons I like him quite a bit this week is, you know, he's got two touchdowns in each of the last two games. Um, The Texas defense has really given up the second most rushing yards per running backs um, to running backs. And so, um, you know, if that game's close and high scoring, I do think I I do like him quite a bit. And he's definitely in, you know, I definitely have him in a fair amount of lineups. I think, you know, I also like Mike Davis quite a bit. I think, you know, he used to play for the Bears. The Bears gave up on him. I think he makes a really great play today. Um, And I like playing actually Davis and um, Montgomery, actually. And just like Tuttle said, I think Montgomery earlier in the week, I thought he'd be extremely popular. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case, which makes me like him even more. I mean, I think he's just got an incredible matchup. Um, I also like Madison, of course, too. I also like James Robinson. You know, if you're looking for someone to come back in the Tennessee game, um, I think, you know, he makes, he certainly makes a good game or a game or a good play, I should say. Um, and then just a couple other guys. I did write up Joe Mixon as a tournament play this week. I doubt very many people are going to play him. And the reason I like him is, you know, he's getting a ton of touches. He had 24 touches last game. Um, 
not a super matchup, but if you're looking at volume, I think he's someone to, you know, pivot off of some of the other chalkier plays in that 7K range on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I love it. Christy, let's talk about wide receivers. Can I give one more GPP yeah, take absolutely. Running back real quick? Yep. Uh, Antonio Gibson. Don't want to miss him. I think he's a really good play, especially on DraftKings with that PPR. Uh, Kyle Allen back for the Washington football team. Uh, he was a check down machine the first few series that he was in uh, last week before he got injured. And I think Antonio Gibson's a really good play. There was also a lot of coach speak or some coach speak, I should say, surrounding uh, how they want to get him even more involved in saying that 14 touches isn't all that much. And they, they want to get him more involved in that. So I do like uh, Antonio Gibson a lot in tournaments too. Excellent. Good stuff, Tuttle. All right, Christy, wide receiver? Yeah, so wide receiver, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go to. Um, you know, if you're looking at the top, I think Devonta Adams is great. He had, you know, we haven't been had the opportunity to play him in quite some time. You know, I think that game is going to be um, a great game to target. So, you know, someone at the top that I'm certainly considering. Um, but I think uh, Claypool, I think, is going to definitely be a popular play, especially on FanDuel. You know, Deontay Johnson is out again this week. Um, I just think he makes a ton of sense for cash games. Another four touchdowns incoming? Yeah, I, I don't see that coming, but I see, you know, I mean, he's definitely, he's a big guy and he's, he's a good target in that offense. Um, also like uh, A.J. Brown, and I think he, you know, he's pretty cheap over on DraftKings, if I remember right. Um, I think Phelan, both Phelan and Jefferson in that Minnesota offense make a ton of sense today. And Galladay, in particular on DraftKings, is way too cheap. And I think, you know, a lot of people targeting Stafford, he just makes a ton of sense to bring it back with, with Galladay in there. Um, also think Robbie Anderson and Devontae Parker, you know, can make some sense, you know, kind of uh, for cash games too. Um, and Allen Robinson, if people aren't using Montgomery, I think Allen Robinson is someone um, that you can definitely consider. Excellent analysis. All right, Tuttle, wide receiver. Yeah. Um, beginning of the week, I'm like, yeah, Chase Claypool, not playing him, not going to chase him. No. And hey, now we kind of have to. Deontay Johnson's out and here we are. He's yeah, he's one of the better value plays on the slate. I do think on FanDuel, you could probably pretty easily make the case that Justin Jefferson is just as good of a play, uh, if not better. So I think that's interesting decision on FanDuel. And I want to see what we have for ownership here. Uh, yeah, see, we have Justin Jefferson at um, – about half is less owned is, is Chase Claypool. We got Jefferson at nine percent and Claypool at eighteen uh, percent. And also notable is we have Adam Thielen on at thirty percent. So in tournaments on FanDuel, I think the it's a fairly easy choice there is is to play Justin Jefferson over Claypool. Um, gives you leverage off of Thielen as well, who is going to be one of the highest owned plays on the slate. So Justin Jefferson is a really good tournament option. I think uh, again a, a different week. I think you would almost be talking about him as a cash game option too at that price tag, but. We just don't really need salary this week. So I think that's why he's not coming up quite as often. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a really good option in, in all uh, formats. You see Notorious has him listed as a core play on DraftKings. Um, and then one guy that I don't think will be too heavily owned, and we talked about it with produce, producer Devin before the show, I really like Chris Godwin a lot on DraftKings specifically. He's a little bit too expensive on FanDuel. I think he's still a fine tournament option there. Uh, but you see on DraftKings here, we have Chris Godwin projected at about 6% ownership. Uh, back coming off a, a hammy injury. Uh, I think this is actually a pretty sneaky good matchup for Tom Brady and his pass catchers. Uh, Packers haven't done a very good job at pressuring the uh, uh, pressuring the, the quarterback. 
Tampa Bay's, I think, has the second best in terms of pressure allowed at the quarterback position. So I think Brady's actually going to have a decent amount of time to sit back and pick apart the the Packers secondary. I have not seen an update on Kevin King, um, who is one of the Packers uh, cornerbacks and good cornerback as well. He's questionable. And if he's misses, this is, a, again, just a really good spot here for uh, Tampa Bay pass catchers in general. And uh, before the show, you said that when Godwin and Evans are both in, it's generally Godwin that's been getting the action or at least. Yeah. And obviously it's an extremely, extremely small sample size because it's two games under Tom Brady. Um, But in the two games, uh, Godwin played Evans got touchdowns in both games. I think three touchdowns actually in the two games, but those were pretty much his only receptions. Uh, They were his only receptions actually. Um, But another conversation I had, we had with Devin before the show is, they're kind of expensive. Can you make that stack work where you double stack them? And I, I think you can. Um, I think this is a spot where you could get, you know, over a hundred yards for both and a touchdown for both. Is that going to be enough to win tournaments? Maybe not, you know, the Millie maker, uh, but probably some of those smaller single entry tournaments. I think that would be enough to do so. Excellent. Good stuff. Okay. Let's talk tight end and Tuttle. You can lead us off there. (sighs) I don't like this position. It's the bad position. And on FanDuel, you kind of have to play somebody. I don't, you don't have to, but I think the top cash game play on FanDuel is somebody that I don't like. And that's because he burned us or burned me on Tuesday night. Uh, Johnny Smith, I think is the cash game option on FanDuel. He's at 5,800. Tannehill was like two yards over the line of scrimmage and they still gave him that, that uh, last touchdown against Buffalo, uh, which actually made me bubble a lot of contests, which is, that's why I'm still sour about, uh, <laughs> Johnny Smith, but I do think he's probably the cash option on, on FanDuel. If you want to pivot off of him, you're looking at like a TJ Hawkinson or I think Eric Ebron is actually a pretty decent play as well at 5,200. He's 4,100. Ebron is on, on DraftKings as well, and I think he's a fine play there. On DraftKings, where I think is where we're probably going to start considering using some of these more uh, punt type options or really super cheap options. I don't think these super cheap guys are really necessary on FanDuel. Uh, but on DraftKings, we have Irv Smith, um, 2,500. Uh, he finally sucked darted to see the field more often last week. Through the first four weeks of the season, he was only on the running route on about 40% of, of Cousins dropped backs. He jumped that to 70% last week. I don't know if that will continue, but if he does, he's underpriced for, for what he's going to be, especially in the matchup against Atlanta, who is absolutely terrible against the tight end position. And then somebody I see a lot of people touting um, that – they like more than Irv Smith, and I don't like quite as much as Irv Smith, is Trey Burton. I understand the logic there. Moali Cox is gone again this week, or not again, but Moali Cox is inactive for this week, which should give Burton a little bit more routes run. Uh, he's seen his fair share of targets, I think five targets in the last couple of games or so. I don't think he's like some amazing play, but again, on DraftKings, we're looking at a guy that's only 3,100, and it's a position that's not very good this week. So completely understand with playing Burton on DraftKings. Uh, he's one of those guys where it's like, if I, if I need to save 600 though, I'm, I'm going to Irv Smith every single time over Burton. But I, I think those are the two guys that I think are most viable on DraftKings. Okay, great. Christy. Yeah, I think he did a great job of, of, of dissecting the tight end position. And I found it one of the weaker positions to fill out and, in some cases, filling it out last. But I think, yeah, John Smith is definitely the cash game play. Um, you know, if you really want an opportunity to spend up this week and get Mark Andrews, you know, I think he's a very good option, especially if you're playing Lamar Jackson and putting Hollywood Brown in there. You might as well have Andrews in there too. I think he's that's a good play. Um, I do like Hawkinson quite a bit, especially having a lot of interest with Stafford and 
the Detroit game. Um, and then I too, I think Eric Ebron, you know, if you're kind of looking in that mid tier, I think makes some sense. I'll just throw one other GPP play out there. Um, I really do like, you know, the Tampa Bay Green Bay game. Definitely think it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a good game. And if it stays close, there should be a lot of fantasy production. I know it's not your boy Gronk, but I, I do think Cameron Brait <laughs> um, could be a sneaky play. He has been getting some targets and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a touchdown. So, you know, if I'm looking for a last piece and need somebody in that tier, um, he's someone that you can consider for a GPP play as well. Okay. I, you know, I was looking at TJ Hawkinson and I looked at his targets and I just decided that wasn't enough, but maybe I'm wrong. Like how many targets are you looking for out of a tight end? He's got, uh, let's see, four, seven, four, five. Is that enough or like, okay, he's getting targeted roughly five times a game. That's, that's good enough or, or on this slate it is. <laughs> okay. We don't have Travis Kelsey. We don't have George Kittle. Um, yeah. You're, you're not going to get very many targets out of that position today. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about defense. Christy, is this just whatever money you have left? You just kind of close your eyes and click it, or do you have a preference here? Yeah, you know, I, I find myself this week like, liking a lot of the, the higher-end defenses, um, but you can't always get those in. And if, I'm, and if I'm looking to pay up, I really like the Patriots defense. You know, I mean, there's, you know, going against Denver, there's just, and, you know, they don't have Melvin Gordon playing this week. They don't have, they're, they're missing some pieces. Um, I like them a lot. I think the Ravens and Colts at the top end are, are good plays as well. But if you're looking at the bottom, I know in particular on DraftKings, I think the Dolphins are very cheap and make a good, a good play. They're priced up a little bit more on FanDuel. Um, and then another defense that I'm kind of throwing in there too on the cheap end is um, for FanDuel is the Giants defense. Um, they've been, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, they, you know, they haven't been terrible. They've been, they've been doing all right. They've been putting up a few points on defense. Washington um, is garbage. They can turn the ball over. <laughs> um, so I have some interest there. And then if you really are going at the bottom too, I mean, I think you could maybe make a case for Detroit if you really needed someone at the bottom. So I, I guess those are kind of the, the main ones that I'm looking at this week. All right, Tuttle, uh, let's go for defense and then we'll get to some of these questions. We've got six, seven minutes until lock. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's mainly the same takes on on DraftKings. I think you're either trying to get Dolphins defense or if you need to settle at Vikings defense for 2300 I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Um, I do think paying up for defense on DraftKings specifically is going to be a little bit contrarian uh, just because of kind of how lineups are constructed this week. Uh, so, guy, you know, like the Colts are an excellent play. The Ravens are a good play. The Patriots are a good play. But they're not going to be that heavily owned uh, just because people aren't going to be spending money there. Uh, things are a little bit different on FanDuel. I think you can reasonably get up to the Colts defense pretty easily on FanDuel. Um, so they're going to be more heavily owned there, but they're obviously the, the top overall play. Okay. Let's let's uh, dive into some – oh, can we talk stacks really quick? What is your favorite stack, Tuttle? Yes, yeah, the Tampa Bay um, Green Bay game. Okay. With two Tampa Bay receivers or – I do like the double stack if you can make it work. That was what I was working with most of the weekend with my main lineup, but I came off of Mike Evans, so I'm sure he's going to smash. Yeah. Okay. Christy, your favorite stack? I agree. I, I, I definitely like the Tampa Bay Green Bay as well, but I also like the Tennessee Houston. And, uh, you know, and I probably didn't mention them as a receiver. I can't remember if I mentioned Will Fuller, but I really like him a lot this week too. And, you know, he's, he's fast. I think he's going to get a lot of targets, both he and cooks, I think make fine plays there, but uh, Tennessee and Houston. And then I'd also, you know, obviously have interest in the Detroit Jacksonville game too. 
Okay, great stuff. We've got four or five minutes, so let's get to these questions. We'll start with Straw. He says, DK Cash, uh, Christy, Irv and Galladay or Burton McLaurin? Irv and Galladay. All right. Tuttle, Joey Rock says, DK GPP, Gaskin and Miami D or Gibson and Washington D? I like the second for GPP. I think it'll be substantially lower owned, and they don't project that much differently. All right. Uh, Mike Zimmerman <laughs> says DK Cash, uh, 3v3, Christy, Galladay, Irv, and Vikings D, or Claypool, Burton, and Dolphins D? I would, I would take the first one. David says, I love this. Y'all break down slates and position matchups so easy peasy. Thanks. We appreciate that. Uh, Madison says DK GPP, Mike Davis or, and Gaskin or Ridley and Lindsay Tuttle. Stop. Um, one is going to be the chalky one. And I like that. If you can get Gaskin, Gaskin up to Antonio Gibson, that's my play for tournaments. I think something worth noting with Gaskin real quick, because I think he's going to be a popular option. I think he's going to be a cash game option on DraftKings as well. If Jordan Howard Howard is active, he was inactive last week. If he's active, you're probably hating yourself at three o'clock um, because it means he's not going to uh, Gaskin's not going to get the goal line touches. Hmm. Who knows if that's going to happen? I think it's more likely than not that Howard is inactive. But if you have like a two v two or a coin flip with Gaskin in it, that might be enough just to turn it to the other side. Okay, and if we do get the news, are you late swapping here? If you have a two v two set up, you're trying to get off him if probably yes i would i would like to there's not that many swaps in that price range on the late slate so if you're playing gaskin you're kind of locked into him once once the early game's locked because there's only two late games but it is notable again i think howard is probably going to be inactive but it also wouldn't be that surprising to me if he was not okay great let's go to a mall fanduel cash stafford or your boy gardner Minshew, christy definitely stafford uh Kirk wants to know how is he a Tuttle or someone asked that. I don't, I don't actually know. We'll get to that after lock. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kirk says, Will Fuller or Will Fuller or Allen Robinson, DK Cash Tuttle? Um, of the two, I'll go Fuller. Devin says, FanDuel Cash, Henry or Davis at running back? I, I like both of them, um, but I'd probably say Henry. ECS is DK, DK Cash. In order to jam Galladay and Thielen, are you okay with Irv Smith and a Vikings D? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris in investing says Fitz, Gusecki, and the Lions D, or Stafford, Irv, and New England D. I think I'd take Stafford and the New England D. All right. Hawk Dark says in a DK GPP, any interest in T Higgins? Yeah, it's fine. I don't have any exposure, but I can think of worse things. Moitoy, you want Boyd or Joey Burrow in a DKGPP, Christy? Boyd. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stack it, Joe yeah. Burrow and Boyd. Yeah. Um, I, I probably wouldn't use them this week. I mean, I can see if you're in a you know large field tournament, they they would be fine. But I think there's some other stacks that I'd probably use instead. Okay. Great. We'll go to Greg Beans. He says, swap at the time is Rojo. Okay, that's not a question. Uh, Jake says, Galladay Gaskin or McLaurin Montgomery in cash? Um, I'll go two. I think that's, yeah, I'll go two. Okay. We have roughly one minute left. We've actually caught up on all of the questions, which always puts me in an awkward, (laughs) because if you do something else, another question will pop in. 
Uh, but go ahead, try and I'm not gonna dance. <laughs> we we got Discord questions. They're, well, I've been watching those too. DK Cash, Freeman and Adams or Madison and McLaurin, Christy. Freeman and Adams or Madison and McLaurin. Um, did you say DK or FanDuel or did this they? This is DK Cash, Freeman and Adams or Madison McLaurin. You know, I think I'd actually take Freeman and Adams because I know Madison's priced up a little bit higher on DK. Uh, GWB says Scotty Miller or Nikhil Harry, DK GPP. Scotty, just because I like that Tampa Bay game. All right. Jay says on DK, rank them. Galladay, McLaurin, Thielen. Thanks, Christy. Okay. Um, I would say uh, Galladay, Thielen, McLaurin. Wonderful. That is lock. Uh, A few key things we have to get to. One, Sean says, looking sexy, Roth. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) We need to figure out how Tuttle is a Tuttle. I just kind of always thought it was your name, but it's not. Your name is Dan Gaspar. (laughs) Saved by the bell. I I thought this was much less of an obscure reference than I realized. Um, Driver's ed teacher in Saved by the Bell, Mr. Tuttle. Pushy, pushy, move your tushy. Uh, I know that Andy Means would be so proud of you. Does he? He, he probably knows that. Yeah, word. I'm sure he knows. I yeah. thought. I thought this. I thought Mr. Tuttle was just like some known character, and he's definitely not. I, I always get people <laughs> tweeting at me with like articles of, "Are you related to this Tuttle?" <laughs> no, no, no. It was a joke. Glad you yeah. think it's funny. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, those are all the questions. By the way. Um, Usually we can do one of two things at this point. We can hang out, talk with you guys for another, you know, 30 minutes, or we can all just leave and uh, go watch football. Football. Every, every week. It's just. I think think generally, yeah, the plan is football, but before you go, do remember guys, if you are not a member, a premium member of Roto-Grinders, you should be. We do content like this all the time. uh, Crunch time generally for other sports. You have to be a premium member to access that. And we've got the best optimizer in the biz. We got lineup HQ. So you get that as well. So go ahead. We got a discount. Devin just popped it in the chat. Guys, we appreciate you. We love you. Always good hanging out with you. We will catch you next week. You have been crushed. (laughs) 